0: Would she make calls out the blue? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special Sunday edition of Prospects After Dark. My name is Kyle Reese. I am your host. Uh, this is what we are calling the season one finale of Prospects After Dark. And the reason that we're doing that is more than likely tonight, Uh, we are going to get, yeah, five minutes late from Drew Maurizio. Hello, Drew. How are you, man? We haven't had you in a while. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're calling it the season one finale of Prospects After Dark because more than likely by the end of this middle part of the week, we're going to be at the end of the 2018 season. Uh, I left the odds because, hey, Blues Record, what's up, Matt? (laughs) Because I can't, I had to catch the season finale. Uh, there isn't going to be anything particularly special about this. We're still going to do our things, but what we're going to do is we're going to tell it. We're going to do a little storytelling. Uh, again, this is the end of season one. We will start season two very, very soon, within the next week more than likely. Uh, we'll see how things look like after the All-Star, or after the, uh, the season ends, after the World Series. But as we end the 2018 season here with Boston up two to one on the Dodgers, uh, early on in the game, anything could happen. Uh, we wanted to end Season 1. We're also ending Season 1 today. Sorry, I've been working weird shifts. Hey, it's okay, Drew. Welcome anytime. You know how it is. Uh, Third and two, and you pass. Oh, no. So, Victoria, how are you? So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start, and I'm going to tell you the story of Prospects After Dark. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story of Birds on the Black. Uh, Again, uh, I'm going to miss the questions as I tell the story. But what you need to know is that at the beginning of 2018, I was part of a group that got to start a little website called the Redbird Daily. Um, that was started by John, Mr. John Nagel, uh, Mr. Cardinal's Farm, who I absolutely love and respect. Uh, about December of that, of 2016, he reached out to me and said, I want to start something. I want you to be my prospect guy along with me. I'm really impressed by what you have to say and what you're doing. Uh, fast forward and by June, we have created a nice little community at Redbird Daily. And we were planning some really big things, and John had a chance to work at the Intrepid STL with the lovely and talented Brendan Schaefer and Cards Gifts and STL Cup of Joe and Zach Gifford. So John kind of abandoned us. Now, I say abandoned, and I mean it very, very uh, lightly because Mr. John Nagel made the right choice for him. And at the time, it was devastating for our little Redbird Daily Group. Uh, I felt very, very tight with those people. So we fast forward. And on October 28th of last year, uh, the lovely and talented Cardinals GIF slides into my DM and asks me if I have one minute. When I get a minute, please let him know. So I said, Mr. Gift, I have a minute. Let me know. And Mr. GIF says, I'm starting something new with Zach Gifford, an STL Cup of Joe, and STL Cards Cards. Uh, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be our minor league guy. Now, immediately... Immediately, I said, no, I'm not interested. Uh, I'm burrowed in with my Birds on the Black family, who I absolutely, are my my Redbird Daily family. We've been through hell together. Uh, We we lost our main man, and we rebounded thanks to Dan Buffa uh, and the incredible work of Rusty and Adam and Alan and Colin and Ryan Massey at the time and Anna Kaiser at the time. Uh, We rebounded strong. So I told Gifts, no. And uh, Giff's respected it greatly. He said he actually respected me more for saying no and, and appreciated the loyalty that I was showing for Redbird Daily. So then what happened is that following Saturday, Zach Gifford, uh, who is uh, like a little goofy-ass brother to me uh, at this point, slid into my DMs and said, hey, look, you need to be a part of this. We need you as part of this. You're the missing link. Uh, it was about that time, I think, that Alex Christofoli came into the fold. Uh, and that was really interesting to me. I didn't know Alex all that well, so I started digging into him and reading him, and holy cow, was he incredible. Uh, what an amazing writer. Anyways, I still said no. I, I respected Zach. I love Zach. The chance to work with Zach was a lot, but I still said no. Uh, the following Saturday after that, STL Cup of Joe found his way into my direct messages and Stielka Bajo said, look, this is what we're working on and I want to show you what we're doing. Uh rewind back to that first Saturday when GIFs came into my DMs. GIFs showed me the website and I loved it. And I was blown away by how beautiful it was and how different it was. And we started talking about the artistic direction of the site. Uh hello Octavius Rex, how are you? So, again, fast forward two weeks later, STL Cup of Joe slides into my DM and says, look, I want you. we need you to be a part of this. We want you to be a part of this. You're a minor league guy. We need that. We absolutely need that. And I still say no. It was still too much for me. But at that point, uh, the chance to work with STL Cup of Joe on anything, along with my old friend Zach Gifford, uh, it, it was a lot to pass up on. That coming week was very, very brutal on me because I knew at that moment that I was going to be leaving the Redbird Daily and going to Birds on the Black. Uh, I... I drafted up a little letter to my Redbird Daily family. Uh, It took me about four days to write. Uh, I still hadn't necessarily made my decision, but I was still – I was pretty well set in what I was going to do. Card's gift said at that point that he was going to be out of town this coming week, uh, so just hold on for a little bit and, uh, and make my decision. Well, that following Saturday, Card's card slid to my DM and asked me what the hell I was doing. It was just, hey, and I started laughing hysterically, and I, I, I said, I know, I know, I know, and cards, cards added me into the red or the Birds on the Black DM, and ever since, I've been a member of Birds on the Black. Now, at that point, at the beginning of Birds on the Black, again, uh, that would have been me, Cards Gifts, uh, Cards Cards, SEO Cup of Joe, and Zach Gifford, and Alex Crisofoli, and that's how we started, uh, but I want you to know that that first day, uh, cards, cards, sealing the deal. Of course. It wasn't even that like, I mean, it was a little bit, but Tara, Tara says cards, card, sealing deal. I, I will never forget the, the first day that I joined. We were talking about adding new people. We were very, very against it. But the one thing that cards gifts said, and the one thing that we all agreed on was that, uh, if there was one person that we were going to try to add, it was going to be Tara Wellman. And lo and behold, two months later, uh, Tara was a part of our group. Uh, So Tara had almost been there from the beginning. Uh, So what I'm saying is, the reason we're ending season one today, that was a very long way of me romanticizing or waxing poetic, ...about my journey to being what I am today at Birds on the Black. Uh, But more importantly than anything, this is a celebration of you, of the Prospects After Dark people, the PAD people. It's a celebration of the people who have supported Birds on the Black since the beginning. When we debuted on Black Friday last year, it was something different and beautiful and wonderful... ...and we've been doing different shit ever since. So, that different stuff, that different edge... It's going to continue. We're going to amp up our game in year two. Uh, but this tonight is the end of Season 1 of Prospects After Dark. Season 2 will fire up here soon. Uh, and we can promise you that Season 2 of Prospects After Dark is going to be better than Season 1 ever could be. Now, for all of my pad people who have been here since the beginning, I would recommend going back and watching some of those early Prospects After Dark. Uh, they are a bit of a trip. Uh, I, just thinking about it and looking back at my direct messages with Cardinal Gifts to think about what we were talking about. You know, 10 episodes in when we're talking about, hey, we almost got 2,000 views, and now we average 5,000 views, and we have a built-in audience of anywhere from 60 to 200 people who tune in on any given prospect after Dark Knight. This is your show. This is the show of the people. It's the show of record. That's the way that I like to think of it. Uh, But more importantly than anything else, um, this is yours. So bring me your suggestions. Uh, bring me your thoughts. Let's make this incredible. Uh, as Scott Nichols says, it's ridiculous. Uh, it is absolutely the dumbest show that you could ever imagine, but it's your dumb show, and you help make it this way, and that's why we're happy. So, uh, to get off my morose, somewhat uh, retrospective tone, we raise our glass to the pad people, to season one of Prospects After Dark, to the year one of Birds on the Black, And to the amazing people who have made this community what it is, we raise our glass. All right, so somebody asked, how did kickball go? We lost both games. Uh, We're terrible. I actually got beat out in left field really bad on two different balls. Uh, Luckily, the left center fielder uh, uh, got my back. But we lost. We're terrible. We didn't get drunk enough, and that was a problem. Uh, Let's see. Still waiting for the airing at Larry Flint's from Maggie Ladley. Maggie, you had a great idea. Uh, How about this, Maggie? You come in. You come into St. Louis. You and I will co-host from Larry Flint's. Next year for season two, you need to drink two bottles of whiskey an episode. Let's do it. How's Jail from Scott Nichols? You know, it's been about 12 years since I've been in any type of incarceration. Uh, So I can't tell you right now, but it was pretty fun when I was there. Here come the curse words. That's right. I'm going to try my hardest to keep it low. More squinting, more drinking. We can promise. Uh, So again, more squinting, more drinking. Oh, God. Here we go. From Andy AndyPants47, uh, did you hear Boris uh, on the Michael K show as David Freese hits a triple? Um, yes, we heard him, but it, I personally view it as Boris like being clever and creative. But here, here's the thing. The only team that uh, Bryce Harper could have made a decision on is the Nationals. It's not the Nationals. If it was the Nationals, we know about it, just like we knew at the All-Star break that Manny Machado is getting traded to the Dodgers, we would know this. It would be a fact. Um, it would be a fact. He was joking. Look, Scott Boras knows that he can't say anything about, uh, about Harper signing with the team because it's tampering at that point. It's bad juju. He's fucking around. Just, just relax, okay? Because this morning, he's quoted as saying that he probably won't sign until the winter meetings. Look, the one thing we know about Scott Boras is even if Bryce Harper goes to Scott Boras... And says, hey, I'm going to sign with the Nationals. He's still going to push him into the free agent market because that helps raise his price. Uh, will you lotion your hands for us? I don't have any lotion. Uh, it puts the lotion on its skin. It does what it's told. Reppy girl, what happened 12 years ago? Um, uh, the Cardinals won the World Series. Uh, did they? Yeah, the Cardinals won the World Series. Victoria Dryden asks what we are drinking. We are drinking Buffalo Trace. Uh, as Again, another fine... Middle-of-the-road uh, price but high-quality bourbon, uh, the Buffalo Trace. To you, Victoria. Mm. From Travis Mack, 251, Fowler for Seager. Now, I know the lovely and talented Viva Albertos wrote an article saying that that could very much be in play. But the way that I look at it is in that deal, the Cardinals would have to add more than just Fowler for Seager. Uh, Seager's younger. He isn't coming off of a major surgery or a major injury. And he plays a more uh, highly sought-after position. So not only would you have to trade Dexter Fowler and, and take on Seager's salary and just flip the salaries or whatever, but you'd probably have to add something else. For me, this offseason, priority number one is Harper. Uh, uh, priority number two is Donaldson. And priority number three is getting creative. And if Kyle Seager is one of the pieces in the getting creative section, then Kyle Seeger's one of the pieces in getting creative. But it's not something that I would target from the get-go. Uh, Kyle Seager might be on the downturn of his career, but he also might be a value. Anything could happen. Anything's interesting. I like Kyle Seager a lot. I just don't think that that's a thing that the Mariners would do. But the thing is, Jerry DiPoto, uh, is Jerry Depoto, and anything could happen. Does Jed Jericho get traded? I would think that, uh... I would think it would all depend on how these moves go, right? Like Jed makes $8 million from the Cardinals, $13 million in total in 2019. So he's relatively inexpensive when you think about it for the production that he puts out, Uh, especially as like a super subtype. But the Cardinals have the option to have a super subtype in Gyro Munoz. So anything could happen. I would think that both Jose Martinez and Jed Jerko, uh, Dexter Fowler. Look, the Cardinals would do well to upgrade with Harper and Donaldson and listen on everywhere else. Uh, Mariners would never do that trade. I would not think so either, but I also, look, there, there's a lot of trades that I would never think the Mariners would do that they did. Uh, gotta love the trade, that trade, tra- that trader, Jerry. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Graham, what's up? Uh, Martinez looks like Ozuna out there. Uh, I'm not watching. Uh, I don't know which one we're talking about. Does this mean we'll get you drinking two Four Locos in an episode in season two? Uh, we might give it a try, Kentucky or, uh, Wildcats24. Uh, we might give it a try. Uh, Let's see. So who dies off in this finale? MM count? Yes. I guess we should have done the season one finale uh, the day before the the last game of the All-Star break so that Mike Matheny would be the sacrificial goat, the sacrificial uh, lamb. Uh, who let's oh J D Martinez? I missed it. My I'm sorry. Again, I'm talking to the camera here. Um, who would be who would die off in season one? Cards, cards, guys. I've got some back. Oh Zach Gifford. Oh Zach, I need you to come back to me. Four Locos, is my favorite episode from season one from uh, Yaga F 1985. If not Tony Watson or Smith, then who? No one. Uh, does Machado command the money he is wanting? Yes, he does. It'll come from someone like Philadelphia who would be willing to pay it to go over to get him. Good to get a break from chaos here. Yeah, be loved. Stay safe there. Uh, to all the people in the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, we, we raise the uh, glasses. I feel it's terribly disrespectful, but we wish you nothing uh, in your families but solidarity and hope that everything gets itself s- sorted out. Do you see the Cardinals adding $45 million a year for two players next season? I've been very, very steadfast about saying... I don't think that Donaldson Donaldson and Harper both come here. I don't see the Cardinals adding that much salary. Uh, But if they end up getting out from underneath Fowler and if they end up getting out from underneath Jerko, at that point they'd free up enough salary that it wouldn't be adding $45 million. It'd probably be adding like, what, $15 million more than likely? $20 million? I could see that happening. But again, those are big ifs uh, getting out from underneath Jerko and Jerko wasn't even that much. Again, eight million dollars as like a super utility guy who plays a really solid defensive third base and can, and can supply power off the bench. Uh, if he ends up being a bench player, that's really not all that bad. Uh, but the Fowler contract's a big one. I could I could very well see them adding forty five million dollars worth of salary if they can get out from underneath that. That can we talk frosting on brownie? So. Uh, we can, uh, what specifically? Uh, friggin' cards, friggin' cards, friggin' cards, friggin' cards. Now let me ask you guys, uh, if there's frosting on a brownie, does that technically make it a cake? That was a very, very hot topic that we had, Eric Thomas, uh, Mr. Resistance and I. Uh, Jose Martinez, what do we do with him from Carson Martin 13? My guess, Mr. Carson Martin, is that you hold on to him. What we say about Jed Jerko and Jose Martinez is if you can keep them in the 300 to 350 at-bat mark, then you're fine. But you don't want them to play any more than that because with Jed Jerko, uh, his bat compromises his value. And with J-Mart, his defense compromises his value. Now, J-Mart did not do too terribly bad in the outfield down the stretch. He didn't do great, but he also didn't absolutely kill the Cardinals down the stretch when he was playing right field every day. Uh, I believe that that maintains value throughout the league, but remember, a guy like J-Mark who doesn't make a lot of money has more value to the Cardinals uh, than he would on the trade market, which is kind of a bummer, but that's also a really valuable bat to have as a part-time player if you can find a way to make him a part-time player. The Cardinals have a lot of moving parts right now, right? You guys know me. I'd love for Tyler O'Neill to be an everyday player uh, if Bryce Harper is on an upgrade out in right field. It's not going to happen, though, as long as Dexter Fowler's here and Jose Martinez is here. I would suspect that we're going to see a lot of movement. Uh, do they trade him? It's very well a possibility. I just don't know how they get equal value for what he represents with this team at his price. Uh, if Fowler is traded without the Cards eating any money, will you say there is a God? That would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll agree to that for sure. Uh, Nationals departed. Are Nationals desperate enough to trade Rendon? Would buff up the 19 Cardinals' loads? Uh, yeah, big loads. I don't think, personally, that the Nationals, that Natitude, would trade uh, Mr. Rendon. Look, I think a lot of things would have to depend on what happens with Bryce Harper. If they end up re-signing Bryce Harper, they're not going to trade Rendon. But even if they don't re-sign Bryce Harper, Rendon's the kind of guy that you lock up. And remember, even if Bryce Harper doesn't come back, that's still a really talented lineup and a really talented roster. So I would not expect him to get moved. And if he, gets, if he is moved, you're, gonna, you're probably going to have to overpay for him. And that's just not something that the Cardinals would do, I wouldn't think. Uh, yeah, Big Loads, SCL Matinals, Matt knows you got that. Uh, Trey J-Mart and sign Pierce. Yes, Steve Pierce is having a hell of a World Series. Uh, I like that Steve Pierce. He's been a really productive major leaguer for two years. Is the Nationals' playoff window closed from Drake, man? I do not believe so, but they really need to do a lot of work to their bullpen. Mm. The season one finale of... The season one Big Loads finale. Season one Big Loads finale we're writing it down uh kershaw delivers a uh, delivery pisses me off from goat yachty it doesn't piss me off uh i like it uh i like a little deception it's kind of annoying but uh, uh i definitely like it the for two years laugh my ass off uh i'll drink to that i don't know what we're drinking to christian rabbit but i will raise my glass and drink to it nonetheless Shy uh, Town cardinal asks the Unel Escobar was my favorite from season one. We're not even 100% sure if that was really Unel Escobar, but if it was, he was here. Uh, we had the Danny Mac episode. We had the Matt Carpenter episode. Uh, we had the draft episode, which was personally my favorite episode. Uh, I loved the draft episode. You know, we at one point during the draft episode, we had like 400 people watching. That episode had like, uh, I'm very annoying. It's very annoying, but yeah, it does work. Um... At one point during that, we had like 400 people watching. That thing got like 18,000 views. And it isn't my favorite episode because of that. I just felt like participation was the best. We were were riffing. We were rhyming. The Cardinals got a really good player that none of us expected, which kept me... Uh, on my toes and off balance. We've had some pretty great... We had the Mandingo Montero episode. Uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago. That was fantastic. The two matchmakers we did, super fun. Uh, again, my goal is I want to get you guys as incorporated in this as possible. It's your show. On the draft episode, it was awesome. One of my favorites. We will do it again next year. I'm drowning my sorrows from the Packers game from uh, Sweaty Todd. Uh, a sweaty teddy, rather. Yeah, I, you know, I hate football. I, at this point, I'm bitter about the NFL and the Rams moving. Uh, but I'm mad that the Packers ended up blowing that thing. Uh, let's see. That was amazing. Uh, little Bukaki. Yeah, yeah. The Bukaki episode, uh, where you just can't get enough Bukaki. Uh, uh, that was uh, my favorite. <laughs> Uh, the Stay Hydrated episode was great, too. Man, we've got these little things going. Uh, since Bueno and likely Ankiel are coming back, can we bring back Garrett Stevenson, too? If we're going to bring back an old player that's way past his prime, we're going to bring back Todd Willemeyer. Todd Willemeyer is one of my, like, under-the-radar, like, favorite Cardinals of all time. Weird dude. They used to call him the Todd Alien because he was so, like, super, super weird. Uh, Alien was kind of like uh, the nickname, the condensed version of that. I like the weird former Cardinals. Uh, My favorite episode was when M.M. was fired. That was a fun episode. All right, so a little backstory on that, right? Mike Matheny got fired on a Saturday. The news broke, I think, about 9 o'clock. Now, I got a text message about 7.30 from a a source that I trust saying, tonight's Mike Matheny's last night. I didn't necessarily buy it. I was out on a date when it happened. No kidding. I was out uh, with this girl that I was super into, and uh, she actually, her and I, I I rushed back. Tara Wellman did an amazing episode, uh, an amazing Periscope right away to break the news and go over it, which I only got to catch like parts of, little bits here and there, uh, came back, uh, did that episode until like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was out of booze, uh, which was a really dampener, uh, and uh, uh, that's, that was that story. But I rushed home so that we could do Prospects After Dark uh, when Mike Matheny was fired. And that was a great episode. We had, a, we had great participation for going into like 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, does she have a restraining order on you? now? yeah. Actually, you know what? She does. Uh, first words I heard as soon as I joined was Bukaki. <laughs> LOL. Definitely join pad. Uh, that won't be the last time you hear Bukaki tonight. Mike Matheny gets fired. Kyle goes on a date with a woman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, yeah, that was a big night for me. Uh, so what happened on the date? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. First word I heard as soon as we need Prospect's Award Night from Todd. Ooh, Todd Deason asks... Uh, we need a Prospects Award Night. I'm going to write it down, Todd. That's a great, great Prospects Award Night. I should write an article. I'll write an article and give us some Prospect Awards. Uh, I was at the University of Tennessee at 2 in the morning. Uh, hasn't had a date since. I wish that that wasn't true. What? I should not have had a date since then. Uh, but somehow I keep dating. Nothing makes sense to me. The Audience Awards. The uh, God, look, the, if we have Audience Awards... The only awards are going to go to Mr. Jason Hex. Mm. And as Jake Hassan says, unless you count Arby's, our awards are going to be Arby's meals. Uh, Pad shirts still for sale from Todd Thiessen. Yeah, uh, that lovely and talented Cardinals gifts here in one second. We'll tweet out the link to the the, the shirts, and then I will retweet it. And uh, yeah, get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a hoodie. Get yourself a long sleeve shirt. Ladies, get yourselves the ladies' shirts. Uh again, Prospects After Dark is your show. Uh make it happen. When you get your next serious girlfriend, will she be on pad? Uh no, no. Look, the, the the in the immortal words of uh uh Dave Chappelle in regards to Hollyberry, nah nah, that ain't no dinner thing. Uh Dan, did I miss you talking about Kyle's love life from Patrick B. Look, we talk very little about my love life. Uh you'd be surprised at how how aggressive it can be sometimes uh but we're not going to talk about it uh who are the top prospects on the memphis redbirds uh let's see graham that would be a lot of players from the white Sox, and then some players from the angels and then probably a player or two from the rockies that you're going to ask me about lately i did not get a lady shirt yeah fuck that lady shirt right ashley Uh, my dog wants a shirt oh my god oh maggie what kind of dog do you have maggie i love dogs Maggie, I love dogs. I just want to roll around with dogs. I love dogs. I love them. I love them. I love them. But we'll make... Hey, hey, Matt Nels, how are you? Uh, We should definitely make dog clothing. Uh, I am very against putting your dog in clothing, but I want to know what kind of dog you have. Rick A. will pitch first night in Springfield. I really hope that everything works out for Rick Ankeel because, man, that would be a really, really fun, fun uh, thing to see next year. When do Kyle action figures come out from Eric Thomas? Uh, when I find Sarah Connor and impregnator, uh, that was an actual, answer. Uh, oh, an actual question. Kyle, you look like the Yorkie type. I, uh, I'll tell you what I'm really into right now. So one of the girls on our kickball team, uh, the lovely and talented Caitlin, I don't have the slightest idea what the fuck her name is. Uh, she, she got me turned on to these, um, the, uh, Pomeranian Huskies, the Pomskies. Holy cow. If you want to see the, like just the cutest damn dog in the history of the world, Look up a pomsky. They're about yay big, and they're furry, and they're fun, and they're awesome. Uh, and they're not like assholes like the rest of them. Uh, they're, they're incredible. But you, Maggie, tell me what kind of dog you have. Bring that in. And yes, uh, the, 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 the women's specific shirts or whatever. Um, hey, Farmer Vala! Holy shit! I raised my glass to the Farmer Valla! And she got me turned on. She does, though. She's sexy. Uh, Rick Ankiel is going to strike out Anthony Rizzo to win the division for the Cardinals next year. That would be an awesome moment. Again, uh, there's two storylines. Hold on. To, uh, to Farmer Vala. I have a Shih Tzu poodle. Uh, hello, Kendra Nicole. How are you? Um... Oh, man, I completely forgot. Uh, will someone tell Kyle what dog Maggie he has? Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. She got uh, Rick Enkeel is going to strike out. Yeah, you know, if everything works out well and we get Rick Ankiel pitching in the major leagues next year, that would be incredible. Old English uh, one-eyed bulldog. Oh, his name is Al and he weighs 85 pounds. Little fatty. Oh, my God. I, I want to play with Al. I want to play with Al. He seems adorable. I uh, can't wait for Jason Isringhausen to opening day start. Uh, you know, you would think that Jason Isringhausen would be, the, yeah, again, he would be the opener, right? Come in, pitch one inning, set him down, uh, and let Tyler Glasnow take over after that. Graham, to your point, who are the top prospects at Memphis? It's hard to say right now, right? Like, if Ryan Helsley's healthy, it's him, Genesis Cabrera, Randy Rosarina, Lane Thomas, Andy Young, hopefully. But we'll see. From Travis Yannick, he says, I've got two labs. As long as we were talking dogs, I love them labs, too. Are, are they both golden? Are they both, uh, what, kind of, what kind of labs? How's it going to work with the Mets GM? I don't know. Uh, the Mad Hungarian. I don't know why we're talking about Al Robosky. T.D. Uh, T. Jones says he has a pug. John Greco has a chocolate lab. Man, those chocolate labs are fucking awesome. Andrew Kisser would be at Memphis, more than likely. I have a purebred Pomeranian, best behaved animal of all time you know, that fucking Pomeranian's got papers, man. Uh, used to have a miniature schnauzer. Uh, little doggy cutie. Uh, what minor leaguer would be painful for you to watch be traded this winter? Believe it or not, uh, as, I, as I start doing, again, here in the next couple months, the next month, rather, we're going to have our organizational rankings at Birds on the Black, uh, the prospects. And you guys know how that works. I take out any player that's made a major league debut. So that means no Dakota Hudson or Dana Ponce de Leon or Giovanni Gallegos or Patrick Wisdom on the list. Uh, And we go like that. And as I'm doing this list, I'll be honest with Ryan Helsley being hurt, it changes. It would be Helsley. But I would hate for the Cardinals to trade Genesis Cabrera. Uh, The more I watch him, and again, you know, I fell in love with him from the beginning. I was really the the reason that I didn't have a problem with Fan being traded is how much I like Genesis Cabrera. But I'm telling you, man, if if he can just sort out like one or two little minor issues, uh, he's going to be a stud. And Genesis Cabrera could have helped the Cardinals down the stretch. When they didn't have a lefty You could throw a strike or get a batter out, Genesis Cabrera could have done that. He could have performed well and been good in that role. But uh, for me, right now, it would be Genesis Cabrera. And I would also say that as we enter the 2019 season, Dylan Carlson would be a prospect that I would be very reluctant to trade because I believe he's going to break out this year. I think Lane Thomas is a guy you would sell high on. Uh, I would hate for them to trade Tommy Edmond, but if I, Evan Kurczynski uh, but if there's one prospect in the organization that I would be very against trading, uh, I think I think that player would be Genesis Cabrera. Is Helsley ruined? I don't know. I'm not willing to say that. Uh, I just think that we don't know for sure, and we shouldn't make any—we shouldn't think one way or the other until we see what it looks like at the beginning of next year. Uh, let's see. How is it going to work with the Mets GM being half of the team's agent? Uh, that, that entire thing's going to be really interesting, right? The last time an, an agent was hired to be a GM, it was Dave Stewart for Arizona, and we all saw how that turned out. little different circumstance. Uh, but we'll see. You know uh, We'll see. I, I give the guy the benefit of the doubt because I'm not really ready to uh, uh, to to sh- shit the bet about it. Lane Thomas and Tommy Edmond having a tough Arizona fall? Tommy Edmond was having a good Arizona fall until this past Saturday when Forrest Whiteley made him look stupid. Uh, but it's hard for him to have any type of Arizona Fall League when he's only playing four games out of 14 or whatever. Uh, let's see. Is he, from Travis Mac 251? Is he cards Hall of Fame? I would imagine it'll happen soon enough. The problem with any closer trying to find their way into the Cardinals Hall of Fame that isn't like Bruce Sutter is uh, because you're a closer. Oh, hey, Hex, what's up? Uh, You're going to get a lot of blowback. It's going to be hard to get votes. I appreciate how good Machado is, but I don't know if I would take the upgrade over DeYoung at shortstop. I am not or for the money either. Look, you guys know I love Paul DeYoung. Uh, He's a little over two years uh, into his experiment at shortstop, and he's already one of the more sure shortstops in the league. I'm not going to say better, defensively better, but he's already one of the more sure defensive shortstops in the league. Uh, I'm anxious to see what it looks like when Ho- Okendo isn't around. I'm a little worried about that, but I'm, it's not something I'm like so worried about. Uh, I'm anxious to see how it goes. Look, Paul DeYoung has outkicked his coverage. Uh, he has outperformed. I think where a lot of us, uh, a lot of us thought he was going to do. Uh, not a lot of us, because as everyone knows, I was pretty vocal about my love for Paul DeYoung. But for most people, he kind of outperformed what a lot of people thought he would be. Uh, he also batted .240. I don't care about batting average. We've got to get the batting average thing out of our heads. Uh, and that's right. Evan Kurczynski outpitched Forrest Whiteley, but he really didn't because Whiteley was fucking nasty. Thoughts on Bader being excluded from Gold Glove. It doesn't bother me at all. The Gold Glove's a hack award. Uh, let's see. Who are the Rule 5 guys that you think will be protected from Wildcats 24? I think Helsley, I think Genesis Cabrera, and I think Lane Thomas are the locks. I think after that it gets really interesting because the Cardinals have a couple guys who just might be interesting bullpen pieces for another team, uh, that is in a rebuild mode like Brian Dobzanski or, uh, uh... Uh, Chris Ellis. I don't think those guys get added in any way, but I could see a team taking a chance on that. I think Dobzhansky is better than Baraklaw was when Baraklaw was traded. Personally, um, doesn't have that like breakout secondary pitch, but it's still a very good secondary and third, secondary uh, second and third offering. Fastball isn't as dynamic as Baraklaw was either, but he's like he's right along there. He might have a, a better command control, uh, but that's interesting. And then another real interesting name is Ramon Urias. Uh, second baseman, plays a little bit of third, can play a little bit of short. The reason that he's available in the Rule 5 is he's already signed a major league contract, then went back to Mexico, and then the Cardinals signed him last offseason. He could be a really interesting name to keep an eye on. Uh, Fowler has to go, even if we eat a lot of it, need to open up a spot for Muscle Boy. Uh, yeah, John Greco, you know, I, I would think that you're right. The problem is when we say Fowler has to go is the assumption is that another team would take him, and I'm not sure another team would take him, and I definitely don't believe that the Cardinals would just eat his salary. Thoughts on the Cardinals signing Rosie from uh, from that Moe's Algorithm? Hello, Moe's Algorithm, my friend. It's a pleasure for you to be here, as always. Hold on, I'm going to take a drink to you. I hope you're enjoying your uh, non-alcoholic beverage, sir. Again, I'm about it. I know that the Cardinals sent representatives to his workout earlier in the week. Uh, uh, look, you and I have talked about this, right, Moe's? Uh, it, would, it would take... The right circumstance for me to sign any type of uh, why are we taking average out of our heads um, uh, anyways, it would take us like the right circumstance for me to sign any type of right handed reliever in this market because I believe that the Cardinals have enough depth that they can fill the the back end of the bullpen and still be fine next year without adding someone substantial but I think that if, if Trevor Rosenthal Uh, could come in at a reasonable deal, then yeah, you you would think about it. I just, I believe that he's going to get like Greg Holland-like money entering the 2017 season. uh, And I don't believe that the Cardinals will will put their toes in that water. Joe Kelly and Rosie interest me more than Kimbrell from Forever Cards. Again, uh, you can can take Joe Kelly, you can take Rosie, you can take Kimbrell. I know that uh, after the experiment last year and what we saw from... Look, last year's free agent crop of relief pitchers was really, really good. As good as you'll find, and nearly all of those guys flamed out. We need to learn from that, right? Joe Kelly's a lot of fun. He's a hell of a player. He's a cardinal, and he's great, and we love him, and he's a blast. Uh, But that's a lot of money. You're probably talking, what, 415, something like that? 416 to commit to Joe Kelly, who might... Flame out in a year, you know. Trevor Rosenthal's coming off of an injury, and I love for I uh, I love Trevor Rosenthal, but we'll see what kind of parameters that contract is. Again, I would be all about bringing him in if it's not going to cost you ten million dollars, because I just don't believe in spending ten million dollars on a player coming off of Tommy John surgery. They said he was hitting ninety eight, but remember the other issue with Trevor Rosenthal is that he never commanded his pitches. You know, it, you get the little reading that says that he's hit ninety eight, and you get really excited, but I want to know where his 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 uh, his command was in relation to where the catcher was setting up. L- give me a bullpen of Leone and Brebbia and Ponce de Leon and Hudson and Hicks and and Gallegos and let's see what the Cardinals can do with that. Need a southpaw in the pen from Pe- from Hex. I agree, but again the question becomes who do you get right? And again, like Tony Sip on a one year deal might be interesting, but I wouldn't go Britain and I wouldn't go Miller for the contracts that they're going to command unless you get them for like one. 14, 115, like you got Holland for. And then, yeah, maybe you take a chance late on in free agency. Uh, but then you, you look to trade. And the two names that both uh, Algorithm and uh, uh, Graham have pointed out is Will Smith and Tony Watson. And they're really interesting names that I would hope the Cardinals would pursue. I just don't know what it would take to get them. A trade for Taylor Rogers, I don't think that that is something that would actually happen. Uh, it seems like it would never happen, but that'd be really cool. Who are your top choices for hitting, Croach? Um, I want Carlos Beltran. If I'll be honest with you, we joked around about it. But if Mark McGuire wanted to be hitting coach, uh, they say he's going to join the private sector away from baseball. But if Mark McGuire wanted that job, I'd look into Mark McGuire. I don't have a problem with him taking that job. Uh, Tony Sip is a disaster waiting to be happen waiting to happen. I could agree. Uh, what do we think the Cardinals' plan for Wisdom is at this moment? I don't think the Cardinals have a steady plan for Patrick Wisdom. I think it all depends on what Jed Jerko's market looks like, what J-Mart's market looks like, and what they can bring in on free agency. I would imagine that the Cardinals will will juxtapose, will flip their script pretty quickly if they bring in someone like Josh Donaldson. They sign Nathan Eovalde. Look, I think we all like Nathan Eovalde a lot, but... The money that he's going to earn probably from this postseason alone takes the Cardinals out of it, and he's probably better suited for the uh, uh, probably better suited for the uh, uh, for uh, a relief role, and he's probably going to be a starter. Would you be interested in Barry Bonds for hitting coach? Yeah, I'd be cool with that. That doesn't bug me at all. Uh, let's see, McGuire, no, twenty six. I don't know what that means. Uh, what about Adam Connolly for Miami? Look, I love Brad Hand. I love Adam Conley. I, I just think that Adam Connolly's the kind of guy who's probably priced himself out uh, for a trade perspective. Uh, that from what the Cardinals are willing to move for him. Because he is so damn good. Uh, there, there's no telling, and I'm all about pursuing him if, if the price is right. Uh, But I wouldn't overspend for anyone. I would not overspend for anyone except for Bryce Harper. Why not have Buda as hitting coach for this year? Because he's going to be assistant hitting coach. That's why. Jim Riggleman for first base coach. Look, you guys know I'm on board for that. Look, hopefully uh, I'm really rooting for Stubby Clapp to get the Texas Rangers job because that opens up what the Cardinals can do with their, their coaching staff. I would love for Jim Riggleman to be the first base coach. And I would love for Carlos Beltran to be the hitting coach. And maybe, maybe even, uh, uh, Kyle, you make me want to be a better fan. Uh, you do great work. Thank you, Ralph. Thanks for being here. Love Pete's reaction last night after hitting the home run. That was awesome. Maggie Ladley says, Randy Choate. Uh, Travis, somebody says, let's drink. Let's drink indeed. Uh, from Ryan Tripp Nine asks, do you think Reyes will be healthy enough to start to pitch? When the season starts, well, they said that the plan right now is to be extra cautious again with Alex Reyes, that they were targeting like a May release or a, like a May debut date again for him. I'm all about Alex Reyes pitching out of the bullpen. Again, like you talk about a way to strengthen your bullpen without spending money. It's Alex Reyes. And keep in mind, once again, this is coming from somebody who's been very much pro Alex Reyes as a starter up until the season. But now with the injuries, uh, in the setbacks. Now, and also with an opening in the bullpen, a need in the bullpen, uh, a, a, a potential need in the bullpen, that's the perfect role for him. Uh, we should have shipped Reyes for sale two years ago. I would like to know what else it would take other than Reyes. Randy Chode, Yeah, definitely Chode Master. Did we just get a Randy Chode name drop? I think we just got a Randy Chode. You gotta say Chode, you're spelling it wrong. The, uh, oh, it's a D at the end. Agree, do not start Reyes from Chandler Hayes. Chandler, how are you? You know, it's not even a matter of, like, not starting him or whatever. But, you know, look, what, what did Jordan Hicks throw this year? He threw, what, 80 innings or whatever, 70-something innings? Even if you bring Reyes in and he throws 80-something innings, 70-something innings, it still gives you a chance to stretch him out next year if you have to. What is the craziest Cardinal rumor you've ever been told? Oh, my God. You know, I get, I get a lot of little rumors that come up uh, that uh, uh, players are coming up. A lot of it I kind of blow off. Uh, You know, from the major, from the minors to the majors. Last year, when the Cardinals were close to signing Luis Robert, I had some pretty intimate knowledge of how that was all going. Uh, and I was told some parameters and I was told some things that I, I didn't really relay, but ended up being really interesting. And a lot of it turned out to actually be pretty damn true. Uh, but let's see, craziest rumor I've ever heard. Uh, there was a time. Um, you know, I, I really don't have anything to go there. Shelby came back and pitched one inning September 29th. Yeah, I love that Shelby Miller uh, from, like, a fan perspective. Dennis Reyes for the pen. Denny's Reyes. Uh, now we just got an Arthur Rhodes name drop. Yeah, look, Denny's Reyes. Arthur Rhodes. By the way, Arthur Rhodes was the hero of a World Series at one point for the Cardinals. Think about how crazy that is. A uh, craziest rumor I've ever heard is that Bryce Harper is coming here. Ducks from Shensational. Uh, what was one thing I heard? Man, you know, there's something that I'm missing. Let me stew over it for a little bit and see where it gets us. Uh, Octavio Dotel, Again, the great piece. I remember when the Cardinals traded Colby Rasmus. Uh, my my construction crew at the time was working on a street called Mason here in St. Louis. And uh, I remember celebrating and everyone looking at me like I was fucking nuts. Uh, Juan Augusto. Uh, we want Xavier Scruggs, Ray King, Anthony Reyes for the pen. Uh, why did we pass on Robert from D. Harris Auto? Fernando Salas. Uh, so... What I was told at the time, and was both confirmed and denied by Moselak over a short period of time, was that the Cardinals just weren't willing to go that extra little bit financially, the financial commitment for Robert, that the White Sox were. That was the difference. That's what I was told at the time. I was told the negotiations were ongoing, uh, and that was it. And then Moselak played it very coy, so did Mr. DeWitt, about spending and blah, blah, blah. They kind of made it sound like... Uh, it, was, it was Robert's decision, but it really wasn't. Uh, is Harper already signed from STL Sports? Absolutely not. Again, earlier in the week uh, uh, that, that Scott Boris was on with some radio show, I believe it was the Michael K show, and he said something in a joking manner about, uh, yeah, I'll have, he said something to the effect of, yeah, I'll have him call you. He's already made his decision. He'll tell you. And he meant it as a joke. He meant it as a joke, and people freaked out. And uh, now we've got these little quotes. But then again, that's juxtaposed to the quotes from this morning, I believe, where he said that it wouldn't be probably until the winter meetings. Look, Scott Boris is smart. He knows how to market his product. Never forget that. Scott Boris is smarter than you. He's smarter than me. Sure, we hate him because he keeps his prospects out, or he keeps his players out for too long. And he he makes millions and millions of dollars. And his name's attached with all the top prospects who signed big contracts, or top players who signed big contracts. Look, I, I completely get that. I completely understand it. But uh, he's smart. He knows that if he said that and he meant it, that there'd be tampering allegations uh, if, he didn't, if Harper did not sign with the Nationals. Uh, look, it's, it's a big joke. It's a big fun. And it got Harper's name back into the media. And again, we're talking about Harper nonstop here in St. Louis. But that doesn't mean that they're talking about him in Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay or Baltimore. And it gets him back out there. And the more his name is out on the market talking about him signing with the team or being eligible or blah, 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 it helps The PR for him signing. Uh, Don't get too caught up in this. Look, uh, Mr. Scott Boris is an absolute genius when it comes to this stuff. Uh, He messed up with Kendries and Steven Drew. Other than that, yeah, so here's the thing is he's a smart smart agent and he, he gambles. Just like with anything else, it's just that most of the time he's smart about it. It's just every once in a while it gets him. Uh, and it got him a couple different times, but you know what? His his guys still make money. I uh, want to play for doesn't mean deal in place. It, that wasn't even the issue. It wasn't that he was just fucking around with Michael K. Uh, let's see. Uh oh, hats off. That's right. That thing is tan. Are we talking about my head? You're damn right it is. Uh, are you saying social media isn't always accurate? Yes, I am. How serious do you think Arizona is about a rebuild? Won't know until they start getting offers uh, or until they trade. Uh, I would love Andrew Miller and Joe Kelly from Brady Miller 21. Yeah, on a fantasy team, they would be very good on your MLB The Show Team 2018. But the problem is, their money is eventually going to end up being dead. And as interesting as they are, like their names are, you're talking about in a year or two years, probably being saddled with some some cat- some uh, uh some salaries that might hurt you in the long run. Did you watch the UK and Mizzou game? I did. It was heartbreaking. Uh, some bad officiating, but it doesn't matter when you don't get any first downs. Travis Mack says, uh, Corbin. You know, uh that Dallas Keuchel I like more than Patrick Corbin, and I think there's a lot of speculation about Patrick Corbin going five years, $125 million to a team. Focus. Plan A for the Cardinals should be Bryce Harper. Plan B should be Josh Donaldson, and then after that, anything should be on the table. Uh, please no on Goldie as a rental. Plain stupid, I would agree, especially for the price that he's going to command. Uh, no first downs in an entire half. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. It was pretty pathetic. It was laughably pathetic. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget to send your '90s jersey concept to Blues Management. How beautiful was that? God, I'm such a knob. Uh, you really, from Dubois coding. You really believe we have a shot at Harper? I keep seeing this on Twitter, like we got a shot. I do believe that the Cardinals have a shot at Bryce Harper. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. They have capital and they have the want and they have the spot. Can we talk about the parallels between MM and Mike Yo? For me, Maggie, the parallels are more uh, Mike Yo and Jeff Fisher. You hear the same comments over and over again, right? You hear uh, you hear Jeff Fisher say, "We're gonna fix that. Uh, we we got to work hard." Like it's more Mike Yo and Jeff Fisher than anything else. But either way, it's not good. Hopefully, that game on Saturday uh, propels the Blues. Uh, To good things from this point on. But, you know, you just never know how it's going to happen. You just never know. I'm really rooting for the Blues. It's never about the game after all the shit hits the fan. It's about the games after the game after the shit hits the fans. Uh, That's not a Mo move. I imagine we're talking about uh, uh, Harper. We'll see. I think Clapp should be in AAA or in Texas. I'm not sure he makes sense as a first base coach. He makes more sense as a first base coach than a hitting coach. Uh, Stubby Clapp is a smart man. He's a baseball man. It makes a lot of sense for him to give anything a chance. But it makes a chance, it makes sense for the Cardinals to give anything a chance, really. It's just that I personally do not believe that the best thing, uh, for the Cardinals is for him to be on the coaching staff. It, look, there, it wouldn't hurt anything. Uh, look, if you're a first base coach, Oliver Marmol did an amazing job. He's smart. I just don't view him as a hitting coach. That's Stubby Clap. Uh, it's been, what, six years since he was a hitting coach in the Astros organization. Uh, look, the best thing, in my opinion, moving forward, is for the Cardinals to bring Jim Riggleman in as a first-base coach uh, and find a hitting coach, preferably Carlos Beltran. Uh, if not Beltran, then maybe Mark McGuire. If not Mark McGuire, then skip Schumacher, uh, as Moe's algorithm brought in our little group chat. I think that that would be really offering. awesome. Uh, Travis Mack, 251, says Miller. Again, Britton and Miller are going to be the two hot names in regards to a left-handed reliever it's not something that i'm particularly interested in at the price how drunk would you be on the breaking news pad if harper signs an stl it's going to be a pretty big shit show i would think if no harper who do we get left-handed pop from Resign adams uh as bleak as it sounds absolutely not look you're talking to the wrong person in regards to that for me i don't care if they hit left-handed or right-handed i don't care if they throw left-handed or right-handed except for two lefties in the bullpen uh, i give me your best hitters i don't care if they're left-handed or right-handed that's That is an archaic, uh, old, old debate. Just give me the guys who hit the damn baseball. Uh, Like, Would I rather have Mike Moustakas or Josh Donaldson? Josh Donaldson 100 times over there. Over. Because Donaldson's a substantially better hitter. You don't just bring in Moustakas because he's left-handed. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. Uh, Somebody says Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland would be great if the Cardinals played in the American League. I'm sorry to rub it in. I went to UK. I love STL, though. No, no. Hey, you're fine. Look. Uh, they, the U.K. probably got away with one there, but hey, they won, and that's all that matters. Uh, I definitely wouldn't want Miller, especially if he's going to get 360 like I think he is. I, look, I don't have the slightest idea what Andrew Miller or Zach Britton are going to get. I just wish that the Cardinals—like, I don't want the Cardinals to get involved in that kind of bidding war. If there's one thing I've learned from Brett Cecil contract, who probably deserved the contract that he got at the time, it's uh, you don't give any reliever more than two years in any capacity. Uh, would you take a flyer on Zach Duke for left-handed? Yeah, as a, again, we're talking about like Plan Plan L, Plan K, Plan J, Plan M. If, if push comes to shove, and you can get Zach Britton or uh, uh, Zach Duke on a one-year deal, sure, bring him back in. He had a really good year. You never know. We got away with it. I agree. Push off. Hell yes, he did. <laughs> it, yeah, there were two push offs uh, on the defensive pass interference call that should have been uh, negating penalties, and then on the eventual touchdown, the push off there that was that was pretty bad too. Uh, but again, like sure, if you can get Zach Britton or, or Andrew Miller on one or two year deals and you go after it, uh, Brett Cecil is not Miller. Look, so here's what I've been meaning to do with both Miller and Britton and Cecil from Cody, uh, Cody Dubois is I've been meaning to go back the year before Cecil was signed the year before Britton was signed and the year before Miller was signed to see how it all compared. Remember Andrew Miller now at this point has, has injury history. Uh, and he had a decline year. Same thing with Zach Britton. Uh, if they had come out of this year healthy, then maybe I'd get aggressive about signing them. But it's not something that I'd be interested in. Uh, right now, I, I just don't feel like that would be a good idea uh, uh, for the resources. At least all of you Mizzou fans don't have it as bad as you Indiana fans. Ooh, uh, Somebody's talking about Rick Ankiel. I've seen Rick A's name come up a bunch. You bring him in on a, a minor league contract. Spring training invite, anything could happen. Again, I, I wouldn't view it as a realistic option, but Rick Ankiel has done nothing but buck the trend for his entire professional career. So fingers crossed it all goes out well. Let's hear the story when you told Cardinals Gifts no. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, uh, the deal is Cards Gifts, a year from today, it was a Saturday, I slid into my direct messages and said, uh, hey, would you want to join this thing? You showed me the website. It turned out to be Birds on the Black. I said no. And then for three weeks, he... Zach Giffords, Cards, Cards, and SEO Cup of Joe got me to join this beautiful site that I am a part of now. That without uh, without the constant encouragement of them and the ability to work with Cardinals' gifts, I never would have been uh, been a part of. With that being said, I want to raise my glass to my friends who used to be at the Red Brew Daily who are now at Cardinal Conclave. Conclave. Uh, 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 Colin Gardner, Ellen Medlock, Adam Butler, Rusty Grapple, Moe's Algorithm. So I don't know if still is part of it. Graham, who's did a little bit of writing. Ryan Massey. Anna Kaiser, I raise my glass to you folks. You're fantastic. To be a part of the Redbird Daily was incredible. But more importantly, to your new goober, C70, I love you, buddy. Why hasn't an been on the ballot for the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Uh, the reason is because he's still the chance that he's going to play. They have some rule. I think you have to be retired for three or five years, just like the, the big Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, you can't induct someone in the Hall of Fame who has a chance of playing next year. Uh, somebody said, "What are we going to do with Jmart?" The Jmart conversation is a hot topic right now, right? So between Jmart and in my mind, let me kind of give you an idea of where my mind sits with the roster. Uh, there are two redundancies on the roster based on opportunity, right? Because I believe Yairo Munoz is a better option at third base. So the two redundancies on the roster are Jed Jerko, who makes $8 million, and Jose Martinez makes $13 million, but eight of which comes from the Cardinals, five of which comes from the the, Dod- or the Padres. Rather. And then Jose Martinez, who makes like $16 an hour or some crazy shit like that as, as a minimum wage player. Uh, it's like, what, $625 or $675, something like that? Anyways, you have these two redundancies, right? And I would think that the Cardinals would actively look to move both of them, if not one of them. Uh, The problem with J-Mart is being cheap and the back that he possesses uh, and the potential. And again, I hate him in the field. But remember, the Cardinals will tell you he handled the zone down the stretch uh, and right field and that he can play first base. He'll only get better. You'll hear that thrown around a lot. Um, I would think that the problem with J-Mart and trading J-Mart is that he has more value to the Cardinals than he would in a trade outside. Jed Jerko's a little different, right? Because Jed Jerko has a little versatility. He can play uh, a position that a lot of teams need in third base and second base. Uh, I would think that maybe he gets traded. Now, I don't think both of them get traded, but one of the two will. My, I would anticipate J-Mart being back. But if the Cardinals were to sign Bryce Harper, anything could happen. If the Cardinals signed Josh Donaldson, anything could happen at that point. But what do we do with Jmart mart now? You target 300 at-bats for him in right field and left field and first base as a sub. And uh you hope that it works out that way. Oh my god, let's dilute the Hall of Fame altogether. How about Raphael Furkal? Jesus, I would love Raphael Ferkal to be in the Hall of Fame. By the way, the Hall of Fame's a joke anyways. It's just look, these are all celebratory things. The gold glove is a joke. Hall of Fames are a joke. L- let's not get self-righteous about this nonsense, right? Let's let's just take it for what it is, and it's just a museum that pays tribute to the past. Uh uh, from uh H. Freert. Hi Dad, hello son. Uh, for Matt Knowles, do we have to suffer through another season of Greg Garcia? As of right now, yes, that's exactly what it looks like. Sorry, Matt Knowles. Uh, with, here's the thing. John Mazelak made some comments at the presser last week or two weeks ago that made it sound like both Luke Gregerson and Brett Cecil might be on the chopping block. Uh, I would think that Greg Garcia is part of that group, but the other thing I would caution fans is that until these guys are off of the roster, they're all on the roster. And yeah, that's, it's hyperbole. It's bullshit. It's just... It's a fancy little catchphrase that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, but what I mean by it is, it, look, I'm, I'm con- I have come to terms with the idea that both Gregerson and Cecil are on this roster, and I've come to terms with the fact that Greg Garcia is on the roster. And until they're not on the roster, I'm just dealing with the fact that they are. Remember, Cecil and, Gregor- or Cecil and Greg Garcia have a distinct role on the team. Whether we like it or not, Greg Garcia is a left-handed bat off the bench, and Cecil is a left handed relief pitcher, I would think that Cecil gets cut pretty quickly if the Cardinals can find a left handed relief pitcher to replace him. I just don't think it's going to happen right away could though, uh, depending on how they feel about Tyler Webb and Jason Shreve and Andrew uh, Warner uh, and maybe some other their minor league left handed players uh, but anything could anything could happen i I think right now that, yes, as it stands, Greg Garcia will be on the roster next year. The ball would have gone out of the stadium if Betts was playing second. Don't know what that is. Uh, in hindsight, would you rather have had Price or Hayward? I was against both. Look, I am anti-big contracts in any capacity. I was against them re-signing pools. I was, against, I was, I was very, very, very against Hayward. Uh, I was loudly against Hayward to the point where I was arguing with Cards Farm and Cup of Joe and uh, Mr. Edwards at both Viva Alberto and Fangrass and Eric Longenhagen and everyone who would listen I was arguing with about the merits of Jason Hayward. I'm against big contracts in general. And I say that, again, to accentuate the fact that when I tell you that I'm all about the Cardinals giving Bryce Harper $350 million, understand that it comes from somebody who is generally risk-averse to big contracts. The Cardinals can afford it. Now's the time to do it. He's 26 years old. It's the right thing to do. So you, that's, and I was answer that question. Uh, Hayward had age on his side. But everyone ignored the fact that all of his hits were on the goddamn ground and to the right side of the infield. It was terrible. Look, Jason Hayward is probably the most overrated Cardinal of my lifetime. Uh, Hayward would have been money for the cards. He would not have been. What is the major difference between the Red Sox front office and the Cardinals? Uh, the major difference is that the Red Sox have a budget of $200-plus plus million to spend, and the Cardinals don't. And yeah, the Cardinals, if you're talking about uh, looking at things uh, objectively, uh, yeah— more than likely the Cardinals could spend $200 million, but they're not going to because they're going to spend in proportion to the revenue that they're bringing in in regards to the other teams in Major League Baseball. So if they're making the 8th most amount of money, they're going to spend somewhere between the 7th and 10th most amount of money. That's just how it works. It's what happens when you live in the middle part of America as opposed to the coasts and the big markets. Uh, 2009 opening day starter. 2019 opening day starter will be Carlos Martinez. Uh, what Cardinals player gives out the worst candy on Halloween? <sighs> Yadier Molina. Uh, no Hayward was and will be trash. Uh, are you saying the shift ruined Hayward? No, no, I'm saying Hayward was bad before the shift. Yeah, so here's the thing, right? When you watch Jason Hayward, all of his hits were those little ground balls that found holes on the right side. But his mechanics at the plate were terrible. He had a long swing. He pulled up as he was swinging. His feet were stationary. It was all bad. Cardinals got the one good season from Jason Hayward. He had, what, Two good seasons, uh, one and a, or two and a half good seasons, Molina gives out bottled water, uh, rolls over to second base every time. He batted 290 with us, and his glove is unreal from Cody. Yeah, again, 290, uh, and he, the, the more important thing is that he got on base, but I remember people thought he was going to hit 20 home runs. Look, he's a 13 home run hitter for a right fielder who plays a great right field, but right field defense is overrated. Yeah, catcher defense is important. Center field defense is important. Uh, But right field defense is overrated. Look, the Cardinals can put, or the the Cubs can put Schwaber in left. They get away with putting him in right. Uh, Defense is overrated. It's now we're spending $200 million on an outfielder who's playing the corners. Uh, That's better than most of our teams this year. Yeah, again, batting average. But tell me about what his on-base percentage is. And he was great that year. But the question was, was he worth $190 million? And he wasn't. Uh, Adam Eaton shows how overrated right field defense is. There's a lot of guys who do. You say Schwarber like John Rooney. I love John Rooney. Uh, My 70-year-old uncle could play right field. Uh, That would be, I would love to see it, to be honest with you. Uh, To your 70-year-old uncle. Uh, Let's see. Adam Eaton is so overrated from MLB Trades. Hello, MLB Trades. I still think Adam Eaton might be a target for the Cardinals. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, you're talking about, like, what pieces the National could sell off. Like, I would expect them to extend Rendon. But Eaton makes sense for them to move. What's your thoughts on Jake Lamb from MLB Trades? Again, you're talking about, like, a plan 10, a plan J for me at this point. But if you can if you can trust that Mr. Schilt is going to do a true tandem of Jerko and Lamb, uh, a true uh, timeshare... At third base, where Lamb hits against righties and Jerko hits against lefties, and sure, I'm in. Uh, but I wouldn't give up a lot for him. It doesn't do anyone that good. Uh, would you like Marwin Gonzalez in St. Louis? I have to tell you, I don't know much about Marwin Gonzalez as a fielder, so I would be very apprehensive. I know that he has position eligibility uh, and position versatility at a lot of different positions, which is intriguing. I just don't know how much better as a third baseman he would make the Cardinals. I love his bat. I think he has a very, very interesting dynamic to his bat. Uh, but I'd like again way down the line of things that directions I would go. Uh, would you like my blah? Uh, let's see? Uh, you know what isn't overrated? Pad underrated in my opinion. To Jake Hassan, to you, sir. Mm. Red October rants. Any D backs relievers worth a look in your opinion? Uh yeah, yeah, Archie Bradley, right? You know, that's like That's the one direction. If I'm going to bring in a right-handed reliever that I'm going to go in, it's going to be Archie Bradley. Do you think the Cardinals would sign Alan Craig? I do not think it would happen, but I'd be on board with it. I'm waiting for a special edition episode of Pad where uh, Ben Hockman makes an appearance. Uh, Somebody reach out to Ben Hockman. I'd love to do it. As a matter of fact, Ben was on uh, with the little thing that Tara's doing at Birds on the Black. It's a little winter warm-up thing, and you need to check it out. The two of them were great together. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Ben Hockman was great. Tara was even better. It was a cool little thing. Uh, go to Birds on the Black and check it out. I just looked on Fangraphs and Jason Haywood, batted ball profile in 2015. Sheesh. Do you think they will promote from within for Memphis manager? Yeah, I would expect uh, uh, Mr. Jimenez, who is the, uh, the Springfield manager, to get that job. But we'll see. Robbie Ray is the guy you want from Arizona, but he's a starting pitcher. Somebody asked about the bullpen. Yeah, I love Robbie Ray. I think he would make the Cardinals starting rotation better. Uh, I love, love, love Alan Craig from Eric Thomas. Yeah, so here's the thing is if I'm all about the Cardinals bringing in anybody that they want for a minor on a minor league deal for it with a spring training invite. Bring in one thousand players for that. I'm cool with that, uh, but don't have serious expectations about what he's capable of. Uh, let's see from Brayden Brown. Hey Brayden, how are you buddy? Uh, can't wait to watch the replay of this. I, we love having you here. Hopefully you can stick around here for a little bit and we can, and we can mess up some Rodriguez. Holy cow. Did I just stereotype the Hispanic culture? My bad. Uh, I, Johnny Rodriguez. I'm so stupid. I said Jimenez. Uh, yeah, Johnny Rodriguez. I would expect Johnny Rodriguez to end up getting the Memphis job. Uh, but we'll see, you know, the thing about Memphis is, and part of the reason why Bo Hart was a perfect manager for that Memphis team is because Memphis adores him. They love him. And remember, Memphis isn't technically completely owned by the Cardinals anymore. They still have an ownership share, but it's still, it's become independently owned over the last two years. So I would, uh, I would think that they would have some say in who it is. And I don't know what Bohart's doing. I think that Bohart is like selling insurance somewhere, but I think Bohart could be a really, really interesting, uh, 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 spot there if he decides to be a part of it. They'll look for somebody with Memphis ties is my guess. And if not, they'll go to, uh, to Mr. Johnny Rodriguez. If no Donaldson, who would be an affordable upgrade at third base? No one. No one. Again, that's when you start talking about Jake Lamb as a potential uh, platoon player with Jed Jerko or, or Yairo Munoz. But I have to tell you personally, at that point, I, I just I would go Yairo and Jerko and see what would happen. Uh, why not Jason Mott give him a coaching role? That'd be really interesting. I, I guess it just depends on if that's something that Mr. Mott would be interested in. I didn't think about Jason Mott, Matinals. That's a really, really interesting direction to go in. I should probably spend a little time thinking about players that have a Memphis connection. I'll tell you what. Uh, The Peoria manager, Chris Schwager, uh, he has a strong Memphis tie. I could see him potentially jumping uh, uh, Mr. Johnny Rodriguez. Anything could happen there. Uh, Jerry Lawler from Memphis manager, that would be awesome. Uh, David Peralta could be interesting. I like David Peralta, but again, if you're not getting Bryce Harper, at that point your best option, in my opinion, my personal opinion, is to run right field with Tyler O'Neal and Dexter Fowler. Uh, C. Genie88 says, Ankiel, yeah, we're hoping that they bring him in on a minor league deal, and he's incredible in spring, and he's incredible next year. Again, it's not something you bank on, because if you bank on a guy coming out of retirement to be a important piece in the bullpen, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Tate Matheny from Memphis, hilarious. Uh, Crocodile Dundee from Memphis Manager, you guys are bringing the heat tonight. Uh, is Okendo gonna try and get a job? Okendo has a job. Okendo's gonna go back to doing what he's, what he had been doing for year, for what, two years? He's going to be down at Palm Beach uh, at the Jupiter Complex, at Roger Dean, uh, training kids and, uh, and doing his, his damn thing. You know what I mean? Okendo is an important minor league instructor again. Mott is doing something with the University of Memphis baseball team. Well, there you go. It's a perfect transition. You're on it. I love that. Uh, the Farmer of Allah says, Martinez, Reyes, Flaherty, Michaelis, Hudson, and Helsley is their beauty here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, they those pictures are all amazingly beautiful. Uh, if we're talking about the starters next year, Farmer, uh, Jake Diekman, someone says, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with Jake Diekman. I'm okay with them bringing in any lefty as long as they're not sacrificing too much in the way of prospects to get it, uh, or, or, or cash in that regards. Uh, Farmer Valla, if we're talking about starters for next year, uh, we all have to come to terms with Adam Wainwright going to be in the starting rotation. And then from that, you go Flaherty, Michaelis, and Mr. Martinez, And then who that fifth guy is going to be is going to be super, super interesting to me. I don't think it's going to be Hudson. I think Hudson's going to find his way into the bullpen. I think more than likely, if we're talking about the crop of players uh, that will be involved in that conversation, I think you're talking about Gant and Gomber. And from there, anything could happen. Uh, Better hair, Bader or Harper? Ooh, I'm going to say Harper and hope that he's watching. And then that's the reason why he signs. Could another outfielder prospect surprise like Bader did and be an impact player in right field from the Steve Vaughn? That's a great question, Steve. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, very much so. You know, one of the players that I love who profiles as a beautiful corner outfielder is Randy Rosarena. And he doesn't have the hole in his swings that Jose Dolis Garcia, that Jag has. And he's super athletic. And granted, Randy didn't have the best 2018 season. But Randy also didn't get a whole lot of downtime last year. And I really think that Mr. Rosarena is going to rebound strong this coming year and make a major league impact at some point during the year. But but more than likely, if you're talking about prospects with a shot at right field, it's Tyler O'Neal or Bust. You know, it's going to be Fowler and O'Neal if they don't upgrade that with Harper. Is Randy playing winter ball from MLB trades? As of right now, no. I would imagine that around the new year, he gets some swings, but it'll be limited. Again, uh, for those of you who don't know about, uh, uh, what did Ashley say? I want to know. Is Randy playing winter ball? He is not. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Randy played baseball for two straight years without a break. Winter ball, straight into spring training, straight into the season, straight into winter ball, straight into spring training, straight into the season. And he really fatigued out last year. Uh, would I consider Carter Caps or Craig Kimbrell? I would consider it, but way down the line. Uh, without a doubt, plan A is Harper, plan B is Donaldson, and then after that, you get creative. Uh, Harper's hair is better. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. We love the Peralta boys. Uh, let's see. Freeze is better than Jerko. Change my mind. I don't think I'll be able to. Um, I, everybody loves that David Freeze. Thoughts on Kyle Seeger from Moondog24. Uh, so my thought is... Again, if if the Mariners are up for trading, uh, if the Mariners are up for trading Seager for Fowler, you do it in a heartbeat. But it's not a trade that I think would happen. I think the Cardinals would need to also attach an additional prospect onto it, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that. Look, uh, the Cardinals front office, whether we as fans believe in them or not, do believe in Dexter Fowler, and the only way they're going to trade Dexter Fowler is if they can get from out out from underneath some of that contract and get a little bit of return. Uh, in in the deal, right? That makes the most sense. The Cardinals are a logical front office; they're nothing else. Uh, so, uh, you know, my thought is uh, that's that's not likely to happen. But. Again, if things fall through and it looks like that's the kind of deal that you can make, then yeah, you make it. And if you don't have to give up too much in the way of an additional prospect, like say Johan Miesa, say that you can attach Johan Miesa to Dexter Fowler to get Kyle Seager, then yeah, you think about it. I'd be all aboard. I like Kyle Seager as a down-the-road kind of like chance-type player. Uh, But again, the question for me isn't Jerko versus Seager. It's not Jerko versus Freeze. For me, it's Yairo. Versus those guys. And I, I think that if you're going to open up that third base position to someone other than Joshua Donaldson, uh, you go gyro. Uh, I am so sick of Boston from Rock Chalk Jason. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. You know, they've won a bunch of championships since they hadn't won a championship. Who do you think is the most likely team to get Harper. Uh, you know, so if you're talking about who has the advantage, probably the National, because they get to negotiate with them. They can negotiate with them right now if they want it. I know a lot of people think that the Yankees are in a really solid position. I'd be hard pressed to argue against them. Uh, who's in the best position? Look, in my mind, the Yankees and the Cardinals are in the, the best position to sign him. They have the money, they have the parts around him, uh, they have money off of the books. The Yankees and the Cardinals make the most sense to me. Honestly, rooting for Boston just so free agency starts sooner. From Slam1120, you know how I feel. I tweeted that out a little while ago. Look, I'm rooting for Boston because I want... Uh, look, if Boston wins tonight, we get the free agency tomorrow. We get the offseason tomorrow. Uh, do we ever hear if the Royals are going to pull the trigger on Luke Heimlich from Maggie, La- Maggie Ladley? Last I heard, no. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Luke Heimlich is, he is the, uh, the stud pitcher from Oregon State who... Hid the fact that he had molested, or uh, uh, admitted in a court of law to molesting a niece of his, and the act of the act that he did is bad enough. And then he lied about it so that he could still be on campus at Oregon State, and then he tried to hide it and bury it, and then it came to fruition. Uh, last I heard, uh, no, no, the Royals were not going to be offering him a contract, uh, but. Don't be surprised if in the midst of some big news in this offseason, the Royals don't try to get cute with it. Could the Cardinals sign Joe Kelly from the Sean Marty? I don't think it's going to happen. It could very well happen, but remember, ask yourself this uh, and try... Ooh, any chance Adley Rushman falls to 19? Zero. Uh, He's going to be a top three pick. Do we have many prospects with power bats besides Gorman? Yeah, there's there's some interesting power bats. Luke and Baker at first base is extremely interesting. We'll get into that later. Uh, And here I am. Uh, But don't be surprised if there's some big news... And all of a sudden, the Royals try to slide in the fact that Heimlich has been signed. Heimlich's pitching in some European league or some independent league right now. Any chance Mo just eats the rest of the Gregerson deal from Braden Brown? I think that there's a good chance that both the Cecil and the Gregerson deals just get eaten by the club. Uh, which again would make it even harder to trade to just eat the Fowler contract. But yeah, I think that if the Cardinals bring in another lefty, Cecil's gone, and I do think that Gregerson's off the forty-man here in a week. Luke and Baker, my prospect match that's right, baby. Uh, will Cubs release Russell? I don't think it's going to happen. Yankees are going to have Stanton, Harper, and Machado. That would be incredible. Mike Matheny heading to KC eventually? Question mark. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a perfect place for him. Uh, who is our best on base prospect? Uh, look, it depends on how you like. I, it's going to sound redundant, but it depends on how you say, like you categorize on base, right? In my opinion, when we get to the end of the year, Dylan Carlson is going to be near a 400 on base player. He's going to be 380 to 400, and uh, probably a 275 average with 15 to 20 home runs and very little strikeouts, maybe an 18 percent strikeout rate at Springfield next year. And that's that's the prospect we're going to be talking about because of his on base skills. Uh, as we're talking, oh, uh, will the stolen base ever come back? Hopefully not. Uh, the stolen base is a good way to get out nowadays with catcher pop times and the arm strength of catchers. Uh, uh, yeah. So, th- like, that's that's my thought about Dylan Carlson. Now, if we're talking about who the best on base prospect is right now, it's a Larrys Montero already at 375, 380. Uh. As he gets to Springfield next year, probably going to dip down to 350 would be my guess. His average will dip probably to like 260, but you'll see his power start to manifest. Uh, those are like the two guys that I identify. And Tommy Edmond, like Tommy Edmond, the steps that he's made to become a complete hitter, really interesting to watch his on-base percentage. Will Larry's Montero ever show up on a national top 100 list? I think you'll see him get it and find his way into one or two by the time he makes a major league debut, but who cares about those top 100 lists? Cabrera, Gomber, or Enkeel, Lugi Prospect... Uh, look, Cabrera is a starter. Gomber is a starter. Enkeel might be a loogie, but uh, if you're talking about loogie prospects, look at Jacob Patterson. He's really interesting. Uh, look at Starlin Uh Those are like the two loogies that come to my mind initially. Uh, there could be a couple of other interesting players in there. Um, Sisk, who was drafted this past year, he's really interesting. Look at those guys. Uh, will they change the way a pitcher gets signs? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I think that some of the changes in Major League Baseball might eventually change how pitchers get signs, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Did you like Brian Sheriff uh, from Forever Cards? I did like Brian Sheriff. I thought he would be a fine Major Leaguer. I wish he wouldn't have got hurt. And when I mean by fine Major Leaguers, I thought he would have been a fine Lugie. Uh, it's a shame he got hurt. Where does Nick Plummer start next year? My guess is uh, both he and uh, Bryce Denton will be in Palm Beach next year. Boston wins without Theo. What, what is life? Uh, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Are you going to Jupiter? Can we have a spring training pad? Miss Ladley. Uh, yes. If I go to Jupiter, which right now it looks like I will be at spring training, probably at the end of March, uh, we will do a spring training pad. Carson Kelly's future, I would imagine, is a backup of Yadier Molina next year. Would you have been for an uh, Eduardo Escobar tra- or signing? Yeah, I would have liked that. Uh, could Ankeel, if he shows he can pitch, have decently play both ways? I would not think that that would be a realistic option. I think Rick Ankiel is focused on being a left-handed relief pitcher. Remember, uh, while I do think Rick Ankiel would be a really, really interesting like two-way bench bat, left-handed bat off the bench. Uh, this is about more. This is more about conquering his fears, uh, about conquering past demons, than it is anything. And hitting doesn't conquer a past demon. Pitching in the major leagues conquers that demon. Allowing his kids to see him pitch conquers that demon. It's a different beast. Just like the last time you did a spring training pad, right? Yeah, I, I blew that. Remember, I, I was down at spring training with my brother and his girlfriend, and we ended up, uh, we ended up getting into it uh, and, and making, a, making a whole thing of it. Is Delvin Perez ever going to be a thing? <sighs> No, probably not. Look, if you're if you're betting, the answer is no. But I still have high hopes for him. And now I have the song stuck in my head. Thanks, Kyle. My pleasure. Kendra Nicole uh, Kelly is going to be traded from Chandler Hayes. It could very well happen. We'll see what happens. Uh, and now I have that song stuck in my head. Thank you, Sexpot. Mmm. Man. Uh, let's see. So. Those are my thoughts, uh, in particular about Ankiel, in particular about, uh, Left Handed Relief. Opinion on Jake Woodford from Be Real Underscore 5. So today, I did my organizational top 10 rankings of starting pitchers. Uh, that'll be out in the next couple of weeks. Cardinals Gifts, and I are still trying to figure out exactly how to release it. Last year we released it on Black Friday and then every day since. I would like to do that again as a celebration of the one-year anniversary of Birds on the Black, which was on Black Friday. And I'll tell you that I've ended up putting Woodford as number three on the prospect starting pitchers uh, in front of Griffin Roberts. And my thought about Jake Woodford is when I watched those last couple starts at Memphis, it looked like he turned the corner. He still allows too much contact. It's a big, big concern, right? Any pitcher who allows the contact that Woodford has is a concern. But I've seen his curveball take a step forward. I've seen his command take a step forward. It's just that he's not consistent with it all yet. As you would expect for a guy who spent most of his age 21 season at the upper levels of the minor leagues. Cardinals rushed him. Uh, hopefully he can level it off. The good news, it's been an awesome year, Kyle and Gifts. I'm glad to be a part of PAD. You're part of it for sure, baby. You're part of it for sure, Forever Cards. Um, the issue with Woodford, of course, I guess the one good thing with Woodford is that time is on his side, right? Woodford, because he'll be 22 next year, could still stall out next year and be fine moving forward. Uh, next year is kind of like a bonus year for him because he reached AAA so young, so quick. I would expect for him to level off. I think you're talking about a 4.12, 4.12 ERA next year with a 4.23 FIP, rather. Maybe 140 innings with 112K, something like that. Uh, uh, is Griffin Roberts to the pen if he struggles early? No. First off, I wouldn't expect Griffin Roberts to struggle early. And also, you wait until the very last minute to put these guys in the pen. What's more exciting, leaping catch, diving catch, or sliding catch? Uh, the answer is throwing a runner out. Uh, Eller Market, you like the Sunday Pat? Hey, Eller Market. What's up, my friend? Uh, welcome to the shindig. Uh, 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 uh. you guys, I need ice. Oh, I don't have ice. Do I? Oh my God. Pat on Sunday night is a win. Mm. Oh, you know, I thought this thing would be an hour. Oh God. I thought this thing would be an hour, but it turns out that we are on an hour and 13 minutes. So here's what we're going to do. I'm taking you guys on a little journey throughout my apartment. Hello. Oh God, I got to unplug that thing. All right, uh, Griffin Roberts should have been in our pen at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a terrible decision. This is my kitchen, folks. Uh, Remember, just because uh, someone like Peter Gammons makes an erroneous claim on draft day that Griffin Roberts could help the Cardinals out down the stretch doesn't make it true. Uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad the Cardinals – sorry, i got to get ice. I'm glad that the Cardinals practiced patience with Mr. Griffin Roberts, and uh, I'm glad he's going to have a chance to start – the 2019 season on a fresh note. Uh, this is an elite prospect. Yeah, so the thing is, when you watch Griffin Roberts at Wake Forest, you immediately get the the, the the feeling of just how incredible he has the potential to be. Um, thank you for staring at my chest and my chin and whatever the hell was going on there. Uh, pad on tour. Yeah, I should, you know, one of these pads I should show you guys my apartment. Maybe this is the one to do it. Uh... Or maybe you just come over, 5079 Waterman, St. Louis, Missouri, 63108. Come over, this apartment can be your apartment. Uh, All 117 of you, you can come over and we can orgy like the Dickens. Uh, When are we going to get an apartment tour? There we go. What was the little snowball thing? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was, to be honest. Uh, I guess we're going to have to go on another tour to find whatever the the snowball thing was. Stop giving your address, Kyle. So the best part about Prospects After Dark is for like the first... This is episode like 41 or something like that. For the first like 28 episodes, we had location services on. You could have just came on. Uh, The Jurassic Park shirt for the win. Somebody send me pizza. Yeah, so this actually says Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Buffalo Trace, indeed. Um, Yeah, Maggie, Maggie, a kegger. Here's what we're going to do. For the one-year anniversary on December 10th, you're going to come to St. Louis. You're going to stay with me here at my apartment. Uh, and then we're going to go, we're going to do Prospects After Dark as a group at uh, uh, Larry Flint's, Uh we're going to have a kegger here, then go to Larry Flint's, we're going to Uber like the Dickens on a bus or some crazy shit like that, and uh, we're going to have a whole deal of it. Uh, what the hell is going on? We do a little tour of my apartment, and uh, and there we go, the numbers start dropping. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that's the plan right now. Wow, I didn't notice that, but wow, even better. Uh, dear God, Kyle, can only wear our your pad gear. Yeah. Uh, I'll wear my pad thong, my pad tie, as it were. Uh, Mr. Buffett in here. Hello. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Buffa Oh, no. No, Mr. Buffett could be our Uber chauffeur. I love it. You're going to make me waste vacation time from Hex. Uh, Kyle gives out a dress and groupies line the streets. That would be incredible. Uh, the problem is my groupies are 16-year-old boys, probably. Uh, Kyle is getting a little carried away now from Kendra Nicole. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I guess we're at Kyle after dark, right? So the other thing when you go back and watch Prospects after dark, you think about how far we've come where I wasn't yelling into the goddamn screen or into the goddamn microphone where I was really quiet and I was talking like this and I was answering questions and uh, we were just having a nice friendly conversation that wasn't so pointed. And, and then all of a sudden we started telling stories about John Mabry's dick. Uh, oh my God, the John Mabry's dick episode, just an incredible thing. And uh, then all of a sudden, I started getting a little louder. And all of a sudden, we started getting more people in here. And then all of a sudden, I was getting animated. And then we had Kyle after dark. And holy cow, did it start getting weird. Uh, Drake man, Kyle is just rambling now. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, Drake, for the last 40 episodes, that's all that this has been. But yeah, we again, I mean, I just think about some of the stories. Like, I told the story about Randall Gritchik picking up the, the most beautiful waitress in the history of patios. I, I told the story about how big that massive fucking... Baby's arm is in between John Mabry's legs. Like, we we talked about some stuff. Uh, let's see. MFK, Buffa, Graham, and Moe's. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'd have to kill Graham because he's not old enough. Uh, circumcised or no. John Mabry. Uh, you know, I don't know, but in my mind, I just imagine he's got a sleeve on that thing. The the animation is why I'm here. Whoa, we need to hear that Gritchick story. Uh, wait, what was the story about Gritchick? Could we? Could you ever love... An, uh, could you ever love Avondale wine? So, Farmer Vala, look, I have, in the past, I've looked up purchasing some of your wine. And, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, look, dude, I'll drink, I, I would be honored to both pay for and drink your wine, uh, on Prospects After Dark. Uh, talking with you is a damn pleasure. I know you're super busy. I know you're probably getting into your off season now. But, uh, Farmer Vala, you know you're like my original favorite Twitter follow that isn't Cardinals Gifts. Oof, I'm an hour and a half late from Skipper Shield. You said you'd be here at 8.30. Where have you been? I hate you. I've been worried. I called mom and dad, and they said they couldn't find you. Baby sleeve. Uh, let's see. The Sasha Bader, though. Oh, so the deal with Gritchick is uh, Anna Kaiser. I'm digging the Jurassic Park shirt. Uh, so the deal with Gritchik is uh, a buddy of mine had the biggest crush on this patio's waitress. Uh, and he used to go to patios every weekend, and then they became friends, but you fell into the friend zone anyways, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I saw her a couple times. She was easily, like, the most beautiful waitress I've ever seen in my life. And Grichik gets called up to the majors. It's like his second homestand in St. Louis. He's sitting there by himself. We know, I know it's him. No one else really knows exactly what's going on. He's got that hair flowing. He's wearing a nice shirt, blah, blah, blah. You see him give one of these to the waitress. The waitress comes over, and he whispers in her ear, that's all he said to her all night. All he said to her all night. My buddy closes up shop that night, sets, sends patios home, asks the girl she wants to go out and drink with them as a group, which would happen every once in a while. She said she can't. They're sitting outside patios. The only thing that Gritchik ever said was like a half of a second communication with this girl. Uh, and then this girl went home with Gritchik. You saw her walk out with Gritchick. That's how you do it, folks, when you're a professional. Uh, where did you get the Jurassic Park shirt? It's called Jurassic Kick. Jurassic Kick. And it's uh, part of my beautiful, wonderful kickball team on Sundays who I absolutely love. Uh, other than my pad people and other than my birds on the black people, uh, my Jurassic Kick Park people are the people I love more than anything. Uh, speaking of offseason, who should STL adopt? Uh, first off, you adopt dogs because dogs are wonderful and lovely and uh, they make you feel good on the inside. Uh, and then other than that, you adopt Bryce Harper and you hope for the best. And if not Harper, then Josh Donaldson. And if not Josh Donaldson, you cry. Uh, MFK, Butler, Garner, and Chris Afoley. Oh, my God. I, I kill myself so I don't have to make the decision. What were the magic words Grichik whispered? Probably, hi, I'm Randall Gritchick. Uh Look at my hair. Uh, well, you can do that when you look like Randall Gritchick, right? He probably just said, I play baseball. I would love to spend the evening with you. Uh, Sometimes that works believe it or not. I can honestly say sometimes that works Uh, because often times I say hey I'm Randall Gritchick. Uh, I would like to spend the night with you. Uh, I will adopt Alex Bregman from Iowa Neck. Yeah you guys know I love that Alex Bregman. I would name my next dog Harper if he signed with us. That's a great name for a dog. I'm sure he didn't say hair. Uh, How many patios waitresses could Harper get all of them. I don't know what his Mormon religion is, but they say that Mormons carry, like, nine or ten wives. So I would imagine an entire clan of wives full of patio waitresses for Bryce Harper. <laughs> I'm sure that would matter. Uh, Dick size probably. Harper is Mormon. Yeah, believe it or not. He doesn't drink. People don't know that. Kyle, you should try that except, say, you're Uh I have. Uh, do we have any insight on the Tyler O'Neill P.P.D. Elston? Yeah, you got that thing pierced. Uh, you can't know if you don't ask. How many patios wind drifts? Uh clown qu- it's a clown question bro. So Moza Algorithm tweeted out a video of some of the most painful moments of Bryce Harper's uh cur- like season and he got kicked out of the game because he screamed you've got to be kidding me. Come on, that's terrible. You've got to be kidding me. He got kicked out of the game. There isn't a player other than Andrew McCutcheon who's been hit intentionally more than Bryce Harper. I think part of the reason that we have a very particular idea of the type of player that Bryce Harper is, it's because he's been targeted by a lot of other players in baseball. Josh Donaldson's injury is not an issue for you? No, there's a fucking huge issue for me. But the difference is when you're talking about signing somebody to a short-term contract with the type of impact that Josh Donaldson can make, uh, you just have to bite the bullet and hope for the most. He had a calf injury uh, that appears to be fine. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, so real fast, before we get to Mr. Jason Hex, um, I'm cool with them giving three years. Again, I said it. You pay high for Josh Johnson for three years. Uh, I see you caped your avocado from Alex French. Hello. Again, you guys know how this works. We're on drink number two here on the season one finale of Prospects After Dark. Uh, to, as Mr. Hicks says, what's up, my pad peeps? Mr. Hicks, to you, to your beautiful, wonderful, extremely talented wife, uh, to you, sir, extremely talented as you are, uh, to the godfather of Prospects After Dark, we raise our glass. We say thank you for being here, sir. Uh, season one finale is tonight. That was a big drink. All right. So this was only supposed to last an hour. We are at like an hour and 20 minutes at this point. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Look, again, we went over the story about how I became part of Birds on the Black. Uh, it, it involved a lot of, of, of recruiting from Cards, Cards, STL Cup of Joe, Zach Gifford, and Cardinals Gifts. Uh, but ultimately, the reason I decided to leave the Redbird Daily to be a part of Birds on the Black was because of the opportunity to work with Cardinals Gifts. Uh, on December 10th, that'll be the one-year anniversary of Prospects After Dark. Black Friday is a one-year anniversary of Birds on the Black. Um... December 10th, we're going to plan something special. We don't have any of the details lined up, but right now, we want to do something incredibly special for Prospects After Darks one year. Uh, anyways, look, we're getting, we're getting to some important dates for the Birds on the Black community, for the PAD community, and uh, I can't tell you like, how important you all are to me personally. So thank you for being here. Uh, again, to my, my PAD people, to the Birds on the Black people, I raise my glass to you. And also to Mr. Hicks, because we love you. Uh, Let's see, Winter Soldier is one of the most underrated Marvel movies. It's the best Marvel movie. Winter Soldier is hands down the best Marvel movie in my opinion. Uh, Let's have cake, yeah, or brownies with icing. Looking like off-season will start tomorrow from Chandler Hayes. Yeah, so I have the game on, uh, but as you guys know by my squinting jackass asshole eyes, uh, I can't really see what's going on. It just looks like the Red Sox are always on base. Uh, December 10th is one week away from my birthday from Victoria Dryden. You should, uh, well then we're going to celebrate your birthday with that too. Uh, weed brownies, no. So I don't do any type of, uh, uh, any of, uh, I don't, I don't, I've never done a drug in my life, honestly. I try to stay away from medications, too. Uh, let's see, question. So did I miss Matt Carpenter in here one time? Yes, that actually happened. So the other thing I'll say is, uh, as we celebrate the one-year anniversary and the end of season one of Prospects After Dark, the one-year anniversary of Cardinals Gifts coming in and saying, I want you to be a part of Birds on the Black, In the end of season one of Prospects After Dark, I will tell you that we've had uh, we've had uh, an incredible amount of Major League Baseball players coming here. Uh, I'm not going to say their names, but we've had baseball players, we've had media types, uh, we've had celebrities in here. Uh, They watch the replays often, but they've been in the little room. Uh, So keep in mind that can happen at any time. Brownies in four local for pad one year party. Oh my God, I die. Has Cole Hamels ever been here? No, no, no. J. A. Happ or Cole Hamels, Graham. Uh, man, I wonder if either of those guys would be willing to, hmm, none of those, neither of those guys would be willing to be left-handed relievers, right? Uh, no, I would not think so. Wait. why won't you release the names? I don't want to do it because then it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back and Walker Bueller has not been here. It sounds like I'm patting myself on the back when really the most important thing is that Mr. Hicks is in here nearly every episode, uh, as the, the premier supporter, and we love him. But on the off chance that someone like Charlie Marlowe or Jim the Cat Hayes or Doug Vaughn or Tim McKernan are in here, uh, the morning after is the most important part of my morning every week. So uh, to you people. Great. We have the human rain delay throwing. Uh, must mean Baez is in. Must mean that Michael Walker is pitching. Uh, let's see. No, it's not about that. Look, it just, look, so Prospects After Dark is important, right? Because we're all friends, and I don't want there to, like, so for instance, the time that Danny Mac came in here, everyone freaked out, and then Danny Mac left right away. Uh, Matt Carpenter took people a while to notice, and then when he, no- when we noticed, he left. I want people to come in here, whether it be celebrity, or pro athlete, or just me, or you, or Mr. Hicks, or a parent of a player, I want them to come in here and just know that we're just one community working together. There isn't hero worship. There isn't sports worship. It's just fans and people coming together as a community to talk about nonsense. And if we, if we change that, then it changes the dynamic of Pad and uh, it's not a safe place anymore. And I just want Pad to be a safe place. Uh, let's see. That's, and that's my own personal philosophy. But again, I know that we cheers to him earlier, but I want to cheers one more time to the Hicks family. Mr. Hicks has been in here. For like 75% of our prospects after dark. And he's become an important part of our little community. He stays open-minded with our conversation. He takes criticism open-mindedly. And that can't be easy for the parent of an athlete. Uh, I know as someone who has developed an emotional connection to Jordan Hicks, to the Hicks family, that whenever I hear anyone be critical of him, I get a little weird, so I can only imagine what it's like to be the father of a a player, Uh, which makes what Mr. Hicks does even more impressive, in my opinion. The Hicks family, from top to bottom, they're they're the type of people that we need to all idolize and uh, uh, follow their example. Has Bob Nightingale been in here? Uh, here, how about this? The time that I told Mark, and I, you guys know this, the time that I told Mark Saxon, I said, fuck Mark Saxon, he was in here for that. Uh, I was very specific about doing it. When he was in here, uh, most of the time you'll find that my criticism is is specifically driven when I know that the audience is available. Uh, let's see, do Sox give MVP trophy to Roberts? No, oh, God, poor Dave Roberts. Isn't that funny too how fast a fan base can turn on a coach? Uh, Safe play sponsored by Arby's. Uh, we've got the Meats and Souls. Uh, who was the pitcher you wanted the cards to take with the first pick before Gorman fell? I wanted Jackson Cower, who struggled at first. Um, by the way, I actually wanted Rolison from Ole Miss. Uh, I wanted him. But after that, I thought that I thought that the Cardinals would take Jackson Cower, who was a Florida pitcher, uh, I thought that they would take him because of fastball changeup with a developing breaking pitch, who struggled at first upon entering the Royals organization but got really good towards towards the end of his time there. Uh, let's see. By the way, how was the Halloween party? I ended up not going. I blew it off. So what ended up happening is I stood here on a Friday night and I started doing my top 10, uh, my organizational rankings, my top at every position. And then I looked down and it was 1130 while I was watching the the Dodgers-Red Sox game and I thought, and I already bought beer, and I was going to go over, and I I looked, and it was 11.30. Actually, I looked, and it was 10, and I thought, I'm going to do one more thing, then I'm going to go, and then I looked down, and it was 11.30, and I ended up not going. Uh, but that's a bummer, too, because those kickball people are the best people on earth, and I love them, and I feel like shit that I, I let them down by not going. Oh, what a bummer. But no, so I didn't go to the Halloween party, and for the most part, last night I got into a little bit of nonsense, as it were. Um... A little bit of nonsense, as it were. A little bit of nonsense, as it were, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, but, uh, so other than that, it's been pretty pretty low-key. Madnell said, Cardinals-Springfield game. I would very much... So right now, I'm going to tell you my plans for next year, right? Anything could happen. Uh, again, my dad is sick. More than likely, he'll be dead by the time that that thing rolls around. You just never know. He's a fighter. He could live forever. Um, but more than likely, what I would like to do is I would like to go to spring training in March at the end of the year. Uh... Then I would like to go to Springfield. I would like to be in both Memphis and Springfield um, uh, uh, for the Cardinals versus Springfield and the Cardinals versus Memphis game. And then I would like to go and spend every weekend that I can in either Springfield or Peoria or Memphis or Palm Beach uh, until the short season clubs come. That was always the goal. That's what I want. Uh, Steve Pierce gets MVP. Did he just go deep? Yeah, Steve Pierce just went deep. Uh, are we going to do a prospect match again from Corey Sanzone? Uh, hello, Corey. Welcome again to, to being here. I love you. Thank you for all the support over the last year or so. Uh, you're an incredible man, both you and uh, uh, and Mr. Floosh, uh, Luke. Um, yeah, I would think that we do prospect matchmaker again at some point next year. Uh, let's see. I don't think SCL is coming to Springfield this year. We'll see. Uh, remember, I would think that they will. Anything could happen. Any interviews during the winter from Iowa Neck. I'm going to try my hardest to line some stuff up. I was talking with the Nolan Gorman people. I slid into his DMs, and I asked him, and I didn't get anything back, which is funny because when the Cardinals drafted him, he slid into my DMs. Anyways, uh, away from that, uh, I, was, I tried to reach out to his representatives hoping that they would allow me an interview, but I haven't heard back. Uh, I can promise you this off-season we're going to do Prospect Macarena, the prospect Q&A where you guys ask me questions and I answer them. And I'm going to do everything I can to secure as many interviews with prospects as possible. I think that's one area where I shine, where the prospects shine, where we, 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 break down our, we put our walls down and we answer some questions. And uh, I'm hoping to do as many of those as possible. Are you going to try to go to the winter meetings from Andy Pants? No, no. So the winter meetings, hopefully cards, cards will take part in that. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of, like, for a journalist, and I'm not a journalist, but for a journalist, there isn't a whole lot of information to gather at the winter meetings. Uh, I can do just as well as a blogger as a journalist would, without having any connections because of how the winter meetings go. Uh, MLB Trait says, I'm back, A hey. Action-packed off-season from Victoria Dryden, I would think so. Maggie Ladley asks... I'm on East Coast time and just took NyQuil, Night All. I'll be real. It's been real this season. To Maggie Ladley, who has been a goddamn pleasure of a uh, addition to the Prospects After Dark family uh, as we both bond over our sexual love for Tyler O'Neill. Kendra Nicole asks, am I going to be at Winter Warm-Up? Well, last year, STL uh, Cup of Joe was the Birds on the Black representative for Winter Warm-Up. And I just might, you know, cards, gifts, uh, and I haven't talked about it. Maybe, 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 maybe I'll get the press pass, and I'll go down to Winter Warm-Up and do what uh, STL Cup of Joe did. And STL Cup of Joe did an amazing job last year. He got got audio, he got video. Maybe, maybe, maybe. As of right now, the answer is no, but it's something I would very much like to be. Uh, Mr. Hicks says, you going to any caravan things? Again, as of right now, no, but Mr. Hicks, I'll tell you this. If you let me know when Jordan is going to take part in one of the caravans, or if you guys are going to take part in one of the caravans, I will 100% do it, without hesitation. Now, I will say that because of my full-time job, my winter duties are a little uh, malleable. That means that I'm on call during the winter, so if it snows, I won't be able to take part in it in any capacity. Uh, I'll have to run our snow operations uh, in the AM shift, uh, or help run the snow operations in our AM shift, uh, but as long as snow doesn't impede the potential for it, I will definitely take part in anything that the Hicks family is taking part in. Uh, all right, so real fast, I'm going to raise my glass one more time to the Birds on the Black family. I'm going to do it a little different than how I normally do. This cheers goes to Cardinals Gifts, STL Cards Cards, Bruno, uh, STL Cup of Joe, Zach Gifford, and Alex Cristofoli. On Black Friday last year, we opened up Birds on the Black, and had it not been for the amazing ability to work with Cardinals Gifts, I never would have taken the opportunity because I love my Redbird Daily family, I still do to this date. Uh, but to the original members of Birds on the Black, uh, I raise my glass to you because that Black Friday was one of the most exciting days I've ever taken, I've ever been a part of, uh, and to be a part of it, even though I did not deserve it, and I still do not deserve it, uh, I... I feel that excitement now, one year later. I, thinking about one year ago when Cards Gifts slid into my DMs and asked me to be a part of this. Like, I can't tell you what that was like. So to the original Birds on the Black Clan, I raise my glass to you. Uh, I've had other opportunities since, and it's been a pleasure to turn those down to stay a part of this family. Let's see, who are some of the players to watch at Peoria this coming year? So I would think that when we're talking about Peoria next year, you're talking about, uh, I would look at Chris Holba. I would look at Michael Baird. I would think that uh, 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 Leandro Sedaniel will be there playing first base. I would think that Kevin Woodall will be there in the outfield. I would think that um, uh, Dunn will be back there at second base. I would think that Delvin Perez will finally make his Peoria debut. Uh, that'll be really interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, and I would think that that's where Nolan Gorman starts out, but we'll see. I just think that that Peoria team is going to be really, really interesting moving in. Uh, there's a DH first base type named Gomez, uh, who I would, I'd keep a close eye on. Very, very interesting. What does the future hold for Ron Halrivello from one, uh, from, uh, Mr. No, No Noora? I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I'm an asshole. So, Ron hel and uh, uh, Wilfredo Tovar will both be minor league free agents this coming year. Now, they were minor league free agents last year and the Cardinals signed both of them. So, anything could happen, but I would expect that eventually Ron Hel-Rivello this offseason will end up going and playing for another organization and getting an opportunity to play in the major leagues. I just don't think Since he didn't get an opportunity with the big club this year, I just don't think it's going to happen next year. Gifts need some more for the collection. It works on some pictures, blah, blah, blah. Baker to Palm Beach. Uh, You know, I'll be honest with you, Braden Brown. I would think that Lucan Baker skips and finds his way to to Springfield. I think that Lucan Baker is going to find his way to Springfield. What prospect makes the biggest jump performance-wise? So right now, just doing my preliminary rankings, I would look into starting pitcher Angel Rondone. Uh 20, 21-year-old who pitched at Peoria. I would think that he finds his way onto the prospect map. Uh, again, you guys know how I feel about Evan Kraczynski. But if we're talking about position players, Dylan Carlson's going to take the next step in his prospect evolution. And then after that, it's a really, really interesting group. I would think Leandro Sedanio has a really good showing at Peoria um, next year. But those are like the two guys in my mind. Uh, Carlson, who probably doesn't count because he's so highly thought of uh, in the industry. Uh, and then Leander Sedanio, I think, would also make like a big jump, uh, relatively speaking. Sedano is a first-base prospect who also plays the outfield, but the Cardinals would do well to put him in that first base for good. Uh, Any hitters for me in Palm Beach from Braden Brown? Braden, let me get back to you. I'll slide into your DM some at some point during the week uh, and, and let you know. Let me think about it. Again, you know, expect... Uh, we'll see. Uh, now, I say Logan Baker could go to Springfield, but there's also a chance that, like, Yariel, he and Yariel Gonzalez will have to make a decision about. Uh, I would think that Dennis Ortega, because of how well he handles a pitching staff, finds his way to Springfield, or to Palm Beach, rather. Uh, that could be interesting. Thank you to all the BotB people for making all this possible. This is fantastic and love being here. Hex. We love having you here. I think and hope Ronnie Williams makes a big comeback. Yeah! So that's another pitcher, right? So last offseason, the Cardinals turned Ronnie Williams into a relief pitcher. And he was pitching great he was pitching exactly how we hoped he would in 2017. When he struggled in 2017, he was pitching great out of the bullpen for Palm Beach before he had Tommy John surgery. That's another prospect who has the competitive nature that you want out of a prospect to really, really root for. Uh, I'm hoping that Mr.... Um, Mr. Ronnie Williams is ready to go next year. I've been following his rehab on Twitter. He seems healthy and ready to go. But I'm Ronnie Williams is just one of those guys that has that it factor that you're really hoping makes that leap. I, I love Ronnie Williams. I hope he recovers strongly from Tommy John, just like Steve Gingery, and uh, ends up being an important part in the machine of the Cardinals minor league system. Uh, real fast, I want to say to my friend Adam Butler, who just retweeted this. Again, I was talking very much about how much I love the Redbird Daily staff, uh, who is now the Cardinals Conclave staff. Uh, as we celebrate the one year of Cardinals gifts sliding into my DMs to tell me that he's starting Birds on the Black and he wanted me to be a part of it. And I told him no for three weeks until I told him yes. Uh, Adam Butler, Rusty Gropel, the Birds Law Podcast. I love you guys. Somebody says he has to be protected, though. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, Carlson has an awesome swing. Kid is going to be a monster. Dylan Carlson has a good swing from both the left and the right side. His power has gone back and forth from the right to the left side year in and year out. Uh, He has a great batter's eye. He has a great approach. Dylan Carlson, remember, has been uh, aggressively promoted to levels that he wasn't ready for, and he's held his own. That's why this year, as he enters Springfield, he's going to end up busting out on the scene. My own personal opinion, the swing's there, the approach is there, the size is there. He has a great offseason. His mind is there. He's a gym rat coming from adversity. Uh, he, he grew up in a really interesting family dynamic. His mom was ill. Uh, his father is a great baseball coach. Uh, Dylan Carlson's going to break out this year. Let's side and comparable to Yelich. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, let's see. It uh, says the first time you guys discussed Pat is a good story from Eric Thomas. Yeah, so look, I'm going to – again, the first time we did pad was December 10th of 2017, and I was very much against it. Uh, I remember laughing at Cardinal's farm as he was doing his first live Periscope because he was terrible at it, and he was actually reading all the information uh, that I had supplied him with to the audience, which I thought was hilarious. And uh, uh, anyways, I was very much against it, and Brendan Schaefer did it great, but I just – I didn't think it was something that was meant for me. So I told him I'd do it one night, and we did it, and we had like 800-something viewers, and I thought, oh, that was pretty cool. And then we did it again the next week, and we had 1,000. And then like three episodes later, we had like almost 2,000, and we were blown away. And then here we are with Prospects After Dark, where we get somewhere in between 100 and 200 viewers consistently, and then with 500-something views – Consistently. And that's, I uh, just want to do something where you drink, kick back, and talk prospects. So the other interesting thing about Prospects After Dark, the title, as we end our season one finale of Prospects After Dark, shit whatever you want, haha, from Goat Yachty. Uh, as we talk about the end of Prospects After Dark, the one thing I want to say is when I joined Redbird Daily, I was the first one to join Redbird Daily with Cardinals Farm, John Nagel. And I wanted to do a podcast with him that we called Prospects After Dark. And the reason I wanted it to be After Dark is that was the only way that I personally would have been able to be myself and, and, and present myself to an audience, whether that audience was Nagel's or whoever, I don't know. Uh, but I wanted them to know as we entered the After Dark section that it was going to be a little different than what they might otherwise be accustomed to. And Nagel did not respond when I told him this is what I wanted to do. And then I brought it up later and he didn't respond again. And then somebody said you and Nagel should do a – you and Nagel should do a a, uh, a podcast. And I said, yeah, let's call it Prospects After Dark and let's do this on Twitter. And again, he did not respond. So when we started doing this on Periscope, the only thing that logically made sense was to do Prospects After Dark. It's what I've always wanted to do. It's what I feel comfortable doing. And you all have allowed me to do it. And for that, I am forever in your debt. Like – in debt to you, rather. Uh, uh, this is an incredible thing to take part in. An incredible thing to be a part of. And uh, it's yours. And I'm proud to be the custodian of it. Uh, so, again, you, you guys know how this works. Usually our last cheers is to the Prospect After Dark family. This isn't our last cheers. But to the Prospect After Dark family who has embraced this little shit show that we put on once a week as we end season one. Uh, thank you, pad people. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hicks. Thank you, Cardinals Gifts, for forcing me to do this, even though I didn't want to. Uh, to to all of you amazing people who are part of our little community and continue to build our little community, and to the Redbird Daily family, uh, Colin Garner and Adam Butler and Rusty Grapple and Alan Medlock and Ryan Massey, who pushed me and were supportive of me even when I abandoned you, I raise my glass to you, because without that support... Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have fallen into my own shell. So to you, I raise my glass. We have one more cheers in us. Uh, the last cheers of the year for the rookie pitchers. Oh, uh, you know what? Matt, blues records. I The the, the last cheer is going to be two parts, right? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, you are the best MF out here. Thank you, Mr. Hex. Uh, When's the next pad? The next pad will be episode one of season two. And that'll come very, very shortly, right? So here's the thing we have Halloween on Wednesday. More than likely, it'll be on Thursday. But the minute news breaks, we're going live with Pad this offseason. Just that simple. I don't care if I'm in my work truck. I don't care if I'm driving home from work. I don't care if I'm out on a date. Uh, I don't care if I'm with my girlfriend. I don't care whatever it is with my mom, my dad in the hospital. I don't care. Uh, we're going live with Prospects After Dark because that's what you want and that's what we're going to do. Uh, much love to everyone who tunes in every week. You guys are the best. Blake Record, you are the best. Great season. Thanks, Kyle. Ben Sorority. By the way, again, go to Birds on the Black. Ben Sorority has been doing Optimistic Op- October. He has a couple more coming this week. Uh, they have been incredible, right? I've only read like half of them. And they've all been incredible. And Ben, I promise you, I will get to you as soon as I can with, with the requests that you had. I swear, man, I've been home for like the least amount of time doing anything outside of, of, uh, of business. And I promise you, buddy, I'm going to come through for you. Uh, need a live pad from Arby's season two. I'm going to do a live pad from Arby's with Christian Rabbit and, and that lovely and talented and amazingly beautiful, uh, 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 salsa Enthusiast, Miss, Miss Ashley Crow. Uh, we're going to do one from Arby's. Raise your juice boxes to Kyle from Eric Thomas. Yeah. Um, so two, two points for our last final. Uh, where the F did you get the Jurassic Park shirt? Thank you, Melissa. It says Jurassic. Jurassic. That is my beautiful, beautiful kickball team who I raised my glass to. to. My kickball team, you guys are the best. Uh Pat from uh, uh, Arby's with John Heyman. Wow, thanks for leaving out the Arby's pad. Kyle from Kendra Nicole. Kendra Nicole, it's been a pleasure chatting with you too. Uh, you're on my level nerddom and uh, keep sending me the messages and keep sending me the articles and let's keep talking about nerd stuff. You're incredible. Hopefully next weekend when you come in, we can get together. I promise you I will do everything I can. I'm a little flaky when it comes to that shit, uh, but I will do what I can. Uh, and I would love to hang out with you and your people for sure. All right, so one of two things. Our final cheers, it only makes sense if I say I raise my glass to my pad, people. Go buy the merchandise. A cards gift tweeted it out a little while ago, but we've got hoodies, we've got shirts, all that other nonsense. Will you take me and Graham to Chuck E. Cheese? Patrick B., yeah, yeah. I would love to get in the ball pit with you guys. I don't know if I can say that legally. Uh, Somebody call my lawyer. Uh, uh, So, raise your glass to Alec Hanson, Victor Garcia Hamels, Matt Beards. (laughs) You know, honestly... Uh, uh, all joking aside i 'm going to turn this into two cheers, one to my good friend, my little brother, my Twitter little brother, Graham, who used to be xXx new boy xX uh, You are a pain in the ass, my friend, but i 'm proud to call you my friend. Uh, man, you can be a thorn in the side, but in the best kind of way, so to you, Graham, I raise my glass. Thank you for being here from the beginning, and thank you for being supportive and And just super weird and right along with my people. Last two cheers. The first of the last two cheers goes to Jordan Hicks. And this isn't about Jason, this isn't about Mr. Hicks being in here. Jordan Hicks is why I do what I do. An A level prospect at the age of 21. Who defies the odds to make a major league debut. That's why I got into prospects. Because some of these guys are too good for what they do. Some of these guys are too raw for what they do. Um, some of these guys need to have an outlet for you to learn about. That's why I do what I do. When we start Releasing our organizational rankings, our top 10 pitchers, our top 10 outfielders, and our top five at every position, including relief pitchers. Look for your guy. If we haven't already assigned them to you via prospect matchmaker. Because there's always the diamond in the rough. We all knew that Jordan Hicks had the potential to be a major league player. That he did it this year is why we follow along. It's why I do what I do. So, as we raise our glass, again, this isn't about Mr. Jason Hicks being in here. This isn't about him being the godfather of prospects after dark. This isn't about Jennifer Hicks being the, the queen of prospects after dark. This is about Jordan Hicks being the perfect example of why you all tune into this and why we all get excited about prospects in the first place. Uh, to to all of the prospects who made a Major League debut this year, Yairo Munoz. Austin Gomber, Daniel Ponce de Leon, who is the prospect of all prospects to get excited about because of what what he went through in 2017. Uh, I mean, all of them, Jordan Hicks, mostly Jordan Hicks. We raise our glass. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I had questions about Jordan Hicks last year during Prospect Macarena, and I said he's a year and a half away. Well, you know what? He was too good to be a year and a half away. Prospects are the best. Baseball is the best. Fuck strikeouts. Fuck your home run takes. Fuck your outtakes. Fuck whatever. Baseball is the best, and it doesn't matter what version of baseball we're watching. It's the goddamn best. That's right. Ponce wins comeback player of the year from Blues Records. My buddy Matt. I would love that. And if he's not, well, more than likely, well, uh, fuck awards. Then there'll be awards are a joke. Anytime the baseball writers vote on shit, it gets ridiculous. Uh, there is crying in baseball no matter what. I don't come here to feel. That's right, Ashley Crowe. We don't have feelings. Uh, we love baseball. Uh, hell yes, Kyle. Okay, so that brings us to our last toast. Last toast becomes one of two things. One, to the pad people. Again, we did a little toast to you guys a second ago. You support this. You make this possible. You make me want to do it. I promise you this offseason we're going to ramp, ramp up for season two our pad out uh, 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 output. When we have breaking news, pad is going live. We're going to do it once a week, if not twice a week. We're going to give you so much pad that you feel the pad in your loins. Uh, we're also going to do prospect Macarena. After this weekend, every weekend, we're going to have a prospect q and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you make this want to happen. You make me want to do this. You drive me to still do this. And I'll be honest with you. I just want to sit at home and lay in bed, masturbate like half of the time, have a nice lady come over, Uh, and enjoy the company of her, watch Netflix mostly, Uh, but you make me want to do this in addition to the sad, miserable, lonely life that I live. So half of this last toast goes to you. The other half of this last toast, other than to Cards Cards, and Esteele Cup of Joe, and Zach Gifford, and Alex Crisofoli, and uh, 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 Cards Gifts, who are the original Birds on the Black people, this goes to, as I raise my head, this last toast goes to Cardinals gifts. It goes to Stu styles who every day during the regular season, except for like one day did our game write-ups. It goes to Tara Wellman goes to cards cards. It goes to Zach Gifford. It goes to Nicholas Childress. It goes to SEO cup of Joe. It goes to Zach Gifford, Eric Manning, Chuck Brownson. It goes to carry on cards. It goes to Laura Bundy who started doing the best Cardinals moments. It goes to, I, I said Nicholas Childress, it, Chuck Brownson, my favorite writer, still a year later after being introduced to him, Alex Crisofulli, to my Birds on the Black family. We are less than one month away from the one year anniversary of Birds on the Black. And uh, it's time to fucking cheers to the end of season one of prospects after dark, as you get your hoodies and you get your T-shirts, we raise our glass to you, to the birds on the black family, to the prospect after dark family, and to uh, to just an incredible group of people, man. And I think about the I think about the little video that Tara and Ben Hockman did earlier in the week, and it was so good and so informative and so wonderful and beautiful, and there was so much chemistry. And only Tara has that ability. I don't know. It's just like. To think about what Prospects After Dark is and the fact that we have a community that submits pictures and also stories to Trivia Tops uh, for the Yachty Week and Anna Kaiser. It's just, look, Birds on the Black is a goddamn community. It's better than any community in baseball. I raise my glass to you. Uh, Thank you so much. But more importantly, to Cardinals Gifts, who makes all this shit possible. If you watch this, you are part of the resistance. Eric Thomas was the first one for us to realize, thanks to Terminator, which I got my my birth name from, that the resistance is real. That goes to show you how much of a community Prospects After Dark is. So if you watch this, you are part of the resistance. Of The resistance. Uh, For everybody at Birds on the Black... Everybody at Prospects After Dark, thank you so much for making season one of Prospects After Dark something worth getting excited about from week to week. Uh, Cardinals Gifts is a magic man. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what his first name is, uh, but just know that he he makes it happen. Anyways, uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am Kyle Reese. I'm your host. Uh, the Birds on the Black, the Birds on the Black community is an amazing, amazing group. Uh, If you watch this, you're part of the resistance. And as always, happy hunting.